symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. We are now at episode 86 as we begin to discuss July of 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. Lots of news and results to get into here this week. And I am your host, Ray Russell, the man for the plan, the man to get it done. And so much to talk about here this week on the Grenade. And just a reminder that you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade in our sister shows. Like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within. It's Raw versus Nitro over there. And in our latest episode of Monday Warfare, Up Now, covering July 8th, 1996 in the Monday Night War, Psycho Sid returns as he replaces the Ultimate Warrior in the World Wrestling Federation. Then over in WCW, coming off the big heel turn of Hulk Hogan at the Bash at the Beach just 24 hours prior and the formation of the New World Order. Also on that edition of Nitro, Rey Mysterio Jr. captures the WCW Cruiserweight title from Dean Malenko and so much more on the latest edition again of Monday Warfare. Also, be sure to check out our regional wrestling podcast where we talk the territories. Guest co-host Jamie Ward returned in the latest episode of Regional Wrestling as we tackle the first half of January 1981 in Georgia Championship Wrestling. We took a look at two Big Omni cards that sandwiched two weeks worth of Georgia TV on that superstation, that lovely superstation WTBS, the old 605 time slot. More Georgia 81 coming very soon to regional wrestling and more Mid-South 1986 with guest co-host Roman Gomez coming shortly as well. And you can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And be sure to follow us on social media, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like us at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Follow us on social media for all the latest goings on at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history and make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel you can find us there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade over 470 videos and counting now on our youtube channel subscribe today as i'm uploading new footage all the time as i continue to preserve my old vhs collection by converting it all to digital Now is also a tremendous time to become a WrestleCopia patron. You can find us there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from, but I'm only asking you guys to give it a try at that $5 all-access tier. Get you all sorts of gifts for just $5. All of my insanely detailed book-like show notes, pages and pages of show notes, for the Wrestling Memory Grenade Monday Warfare, and now the Regional Wrestling Podcast as well. You'll also receive early access to many of the podcasts here 
on WrestleCopia. Listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. That all-access tier also includes remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade, covering the 1989 NWA project, includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversations, originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the show. But that's not all, guys. You'll also receive digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure and, of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. It's early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of our podcast shows, plus Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content, digital downloads, and the random bonus drops. You never know what I'm going to drop there next at that all-access tier. All of that and so much more for just $5. No subscription. Cancel any time. If you guys can, I ask you, please show your support. Give it a try for a month, and I think you'll like the content we offer. And every penny of it is used to go right back here into the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please help us pay some of the bills to keep WrestleCopia and everything that goes along with it up and running for the months and the years to come. And all right, guys, with all of that out of the way, it's time to jump into the month of July. It's July news for 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. And we kick it off right away with some comings and goings here in Titan Sports as both Ted DiBiase and Bam Bam Bigelow, they're currently finishing up their commitments in Japan here in the summer of 87. But the WWF doing a great job, as we'll see, with their vignettes building their arrivals, which are tentatively scheduled for the August 4th tapings in Madison, Wisconsin. And for those who missed it a few episodes ago here on The Grenade, fired from the WWF in late May, Hacksaw Jim Duggan recently showed up at a UWF TV taping in Alexandria, Louisiana on July 25th looking for work. Now, needless to say, if the Jim Crockett promotions in the UWF doesn't hire him first, the WWF will likely be bringing Jim Duggan back sooner rather than later. It's nice to be in demand, especially when there's competition. Also reportedly headed into the WWF, Jack Hart from the Memphis Territory in Florida as well will work Titan under the ring name of Barry Horowitz, which also happens to be his real name. And with Jimmy Hart and Bret Hart already in the WWF, Titan simply didn't want any confusion from yet another wrestler using the Hart moniker. So Barry Horowitz it is. He's on his way to the World Wrestling Federation. Also, we've talked about him in recent episodes. Chavo Guerrero still signed to the WWF but his starting date was postponed temporarily. Uh, I'll have more on that in just a moment, so we'll continue on here looking at some of the other names headed in. David Sammartino, the son of Bruno, has returned now with a different look. Bleached blonde hair and a very trimmed-down David here, down to 210 pounds, looking a little chiseled. Now, don't get too excited, or whatever the case may be, for David's return, because we'll see him doing a job here to Iron Mike Sharp, of all people, So needless to say, it's going to be an uphill climb for this second-generation star who left the WWF on not the best of terms last time around. Also, it's reported that Oliver Humperdinck, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, coming in as a babyface manager. We'll see how that works out. Also, Sherry Martell headed in in what Dave Meltzer refers to as the Missy Hyatt role. But as we'll see, it's a lot more than that, Meltz. And we'll get into that in the results department here in the month of July. 
Also, a couple other ladies on their way in. The Jumping Bomb Angels have arrived. Norio Tateno, Itsuki Yamazaki. They're booked here for a WWF tour through August the 2nd. So, a hot summer here as the Jumping Bomb Angels taking on Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, perhaps in a town near you. And last but not least, he's not new to wrestling, but rather new to the world. It's announced that Ricky Steamboat's wife, Bonnie, gave birth on July 7th to a 8-pound, 4-ounce baby boy. The little dragon, Richie Steamboat, is born. And now we're going to take a look at a few talents leaving the company, or already gone from the promotion. Apparently, the WWF fired Nick Kaniski, as he's already signed for some AWA dates upcoming here in the month of July. Actually, apparently Nick finished up here in mid-May, and I somehow missed it. It's also at this time Corporal Kirshner quits the WWF. He wasn't fired, guys. Kirchner actually quits the WWF after being one of the handful who failed the recent drug test. Now, Kirsch has stated in his shoots in the past that he was informed of the test results at a show in Canada and was sent home following the card, but rather than sit out his six-week suspension, he opted to quit the company. Now, Kirchner would uh, flounder around Stampede for a little bit as Colonel Kirchner before he made it big under the Leatherface and Super Leather character over in the country of Japan. And last but not least, it appears that it's Zia for the Z-Man. Tom Zink reportedly walked out of the WWF and Can-Am Connection partner Rick Martell. Demeltz claims it was because Zink was tired of the constant travel, and he may be out of the business completely at this point. Now, folks in the WWF are also saying that Zink quit because he was tired of the beatings that Haku was giving him nightly as the Can-Ams took on the Islanders on the house shows. Now, I find that hard to believe. Haku, a true professional, unless provoked. Demeltz also goes on to say that with Zenk gone, it opens up the way for a new babyface pretty boy type duo. So it wouldn't be shocking if the Midnight Rockers are given a second chance here, or if the WWF makes a strong play for the Rock and Roll Express. Yeesh. I don't think that likely would have worked out well for Ricky and Robert. It's too bad, though, that the Rockers weren't brought back here at this point. Of course, we'll wind up getting Strike Force as the replacement team instead. Now, as for Tom Zank, we heard Meltzer's point of view at the beginning here after the news just breaks. We hear supposedly the WWF's rumors of, well, Haku was giving him a beating every night. That was the old Bruce Pritchard line of why Big John Studd quit again in 89. He was taking too many beatings from Andre the Giant. I don't know how true that story is either. But here, uh, back in 87, Zink has went on record. Obviously, Tom Zink passed away several years ago now. But he had done some shoot interviews, and he and let me make no mistake about it. Tom Zink, a man that uh, danced to the beat of his own drum, and I'll leave it there. But Tom Zink stated that he felt he deserved equal pay to his partner Rick Martell, and he found out when the deal was struck that Martell comes to find out that Martell was receiving higher payoffs, bigger paydays than Tom Zink. He also said there was just little things that he didn't like. Rick Martell lying about his age to Zink at one point. Zink finding out Martell was a few years older than he had told him. I don't know what that has to do if they weren't dating, but just a lot of little things bothered Tom Zink, but it really came down to the money. He wasn't making equal pay to what Rick Martell was, and there's arguments on both sides there. I could see Zink thinking, hey, we're equals here. We're both members of this tag team, but I also see Martell's side of things, a grizzled veteran, one of the greats, former AWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's been here before in the WWF two-time tag team champion with Tony Gurria. Martel, really the true veteran, and he helped Zink along the way. Zink admits that, that Martel taught him a lot, but he also, Zink also felt that Martel was using him, that it was Zink's youth 
that Martel was using to remain over here. And I, I find that hard to believe. I kind of see where Tom Zink's coming from to a degree, but I don't agree with this at all. Hey, why is Rick Martel getting a bigger payday than me? Because he's been around longer than you. He's done more than you. You're telling me if you teamed up with Hulk Hogan on a house show that you should get equal pay to the Hulkster? Now, I'm not comparing Rick Martel to Hulk Hogan. Obviously, apples and oranges there as well. And I'm not saying that Zink is completely wrong here, but to quit the company. And, and it's also, you know, Rick Martel told in his shoe interviews that he was sent by the WWF to Zink's home to plead with him, basically plead for him to come back. And what are you doing? We're leaving all this money on the table. Merchandise, the tag team titles. They're going to make LJN figures of us. What are you doing? But Zink, he wouldn't budge. He doesn't come back and he stands his ground. This is one of those when keeping it real goes wrong, if you ask me, because we don't hear a whole lot from the Z-Man here for the rest of 87, 88. He pops up off and on in the AWA in 89 before finally signing with the NWA around the fall of 1989 as the Z-Man. And he was all over the card from there for the next several years, depending on who the booker was and what was going on. I don't believe he got any higher than the U.S. tag team titles or the television title there in WCW, but he did get a payday for a few years. But you have to wonder, what was he getting paid by Jim Hurd in the Turner promotion versus what he was getting paid here in the WWF? And also, did he ever make it as big in WCW as he did here in this brief run with the World Wrestling Federation? But to each their own, it is so long to Tom Zink and hello Tito Santana as we'll see here in the future weeks in the year of 87. But for now, we move on with this episode of The Grenade. We're going to talk a couple of injuries going on right now, and it all starts with Andre the Giant, who was scheduled back to reportedly work Hulk Hogan again in a rematch from WrestleMania three at Toronto's CNE Stadium. Remember the business they did with Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff last summer in CNE Stadium? Well, DeMeltz claims that it was planned for a Hogan-Andre rematch in the month of August here, rumored also to have Mr. T as the special referee for the matchup, but the plans were canceled, so Andre now scheduled to undergo back surgery, keeping him out of the ring for the time being. And while we're on the topic of surgeries, Billy Jack Haynes going to suffer an injury here in an upcoming match with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff here in the month of July in St. Louis. It's reported that Haynes, going to be out of action due to that knee surgery until the latter half of the month of August. So Andre and Billy Jack Haynes, just two of many men working around injuries right now and more to come. As we also learn that the World Wrestling Federation trying to deregulate professional wrestling in Pennsylvania, no longer wanting to claim professional wrestling as a sport. The Pennsylvania legislature is debating on whether or not to deregulate pro wrestling. It's interesting that J.J. Benz and the WWF are on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Of course, Benz trying to keep a job and a longtime friend of the WWF. But Titan, they're campaigning for deregulation. While Benz, who heads up the eastern version of the State Athletic Commission, is trying to keep things status quo. Apparently, Gorilla Monsoon and Linda McMahon, yes, the wife of Vince, testified for deregulation. Linda compared professional wrestling to the Harlem Globetrotters, and the Ice Capades, of all things, neither of which is governed by the commission. And I can see those things as sports entertainment, Linda. But when asked if wrestlers cut themselves to get juice, Linda responded, I am aware of past practices of that happening, but in the WWF, it is not permitted or condoned. So we'll have to keep an eye on blade jobs moving forward here in the WWF. From there, Gorilla Monsoon also testified 
that the shows have been hurt because of committee-appointed referees. I can see that. They had some bad officials sometimes here, those state athletic referees, those appointed referees that don't seem to know what they're doing. And it's said that unless rescued by the state legislature, the commission will go out of business in Pennsylvania at the end of 1987. So we'll have to see how that plays out at the end of the year. But for now, we move on as we talk drug testing here in the World Wrestling Federation. Titan Sports has apparently suspended several wrestlers who allegedly tested positive for drug usage in a testing given late last month in Indianapolis at a TV taping. No real details have been given out publicly, but several wrestlers, including quote-unquote one main eventer, have been suspended for six weeks and pulled from all of their scheduled bookings, effective immediately here around the end of June. So Titan has pulled their names from the advertised lineups as well of those shows that they were originally scheduled to compete on, so there won't be any no-shows of these wrestlers at the future cards. Demel says that the tests were done to reveal usage of stimulants and cocaine only. The wrestlers were not tested for marijuana, steroids, or barbiturates, a.k.a. painkillers, which due to the physical punishment that pro wrestling entails are what Meltzer calls understandably and widely used. So to Meltz back in 87, he understands why the wrestlers use so many painkillers. And I'm sure his take will change over the years, though, as we move on. More story here with the drug testing policy. Titan is going to continue giving tests, and the policy is that anyone caught will be given a six-week suspension. Any wrestler who is caught a second time will be fired from the company. Meltzer says his policy right now in The Observer is not to reveal any names unless a wrestler is suspended a second time and dismissed from the company. He goes on to say that, I don't think these tests were done to see how many wrestlers could get caught, but rather as a deterrent in the back of wrestlers' minds. Titan is very conscious about the subject, more so now than ever before in the wake of the arrests of Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik several weeks back. From the management standpoint, Titan is marketing its product toward children. There are some who believe that Titan has benefited from the fact that pro wrestling is the only sport, or pseudo-sport, if you will, that hasn't been rocked publicly nationwide by a drug scandal yet. Now, me, I, Ray Russell, can confirm at this point, some of the names involved here being suspended included the likes of the Killer B, Brian Blair, Corporal Kirshner, which we already talked about, he gets his six-week suspension and decides never to return. Also, I believe Chavo Guerrero on this list. Now, you guys may be asking, what do you mean, Ray? We haven't even seen Chavo here in the WWF. Well, I think... He shows up, his first night in is the, the night they do the drug testing in Indianapolis of all times. And of course, they don't get the results then, so Chavo, not suspended that date, he begins to be announced and scheduled for some summer shows here, and then we don't see him for several weeks before he does begin working somehow shows, although it never makes it to WWF television. And then the biggest name among these suspensions? Jake the Snake Roberts has to be that one main eventer that Dave Meltzer was referencing here, going back to those Observer notes. So Jake the Snake Roberts suffers an injury on behalf of the Honky Tonk Man, allegedly, with that guitar shot he took leading into WrestleMania 3. He works WrestleMania 3 in a few weeks thereafter. Then the pain becomes too much. Snake taking some time off, a couple months out of the ring. He finally returns, as we saw, at the end of June, only to be suspended almost immediately thereafter. So the Snake finally returns to the ring, and then he's suspended for another six weeks. Though apparently this isn't as serious as a suspension as you may think, because the snake, Jake Roberts, is going to continue to work those snake pit segments on the upcoming TV tapings. 
But talk about a rough deal for Jake the Snake Roberts here. He's out for a couple months with injury right when they get into that big feud with the Honky Tonk Man, the Ban the DDT campaign and all of that. Then Honky gets the IC title belt. Jake begins to work him in non-title matches on the house shows. Would the feud have continued on? We'll never know because Jake gone another six weeks, at least from active competition. Being suspended after failing the drug test. And Jake tells this story in some of his shoot interviews. And I haven't listened to this in years, guys. So please forgive me if I'm not exactly accurate here. But Jake tells the story that he had no interest in even doing drugs the night prior to that failed drug test. But he said he and another wrestler who I think was Brian Blair, and it may even have been Chavo, I I don't recall. But he didn't even have any drugs on him, and they were coaxed, given cocaine to use the day prior to the drug testing. Jake, feeling that the person who gave them the cocaine knew what was coming and did this on purpose, kind of sabotaged Jake Roberts. At least that's Jake's version of the story. As we continue on with the news, it's time for a little this and that. As it is announced that Hulk Hogan's cartoon, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, was not renewed for the fall season. Kind of interesting because... Wrestling is booming right now, but it will live on in our minds forever, guys. Also, Rowdy Roddy Piper working on a new movie, a new non-union movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Demelts quips, doing movies with names like that makes me pretty sure that Roddy's wrestling days aren't over. And I'll have to agree there. As we move on, Billy Jack Haynes opening up a gym in his hometown of Portland, Oregon. We've heard that mentioned in recent Billy Jack promos back in the month of June. Also, apparently a deal with the Mars Candy Bar Company fell through recently because of the Iron Sheik and Jim Duggan incident, which may be why Titan is really trying to do something about its drug problems here, or at least problems with certain drugs. The WWF will also be running stipulation matches featuring Ken Patera taking on Hercules in several cities over the summer here in 1987. If Patera wins the match, he gets to lash Bobby Heenan 10 times with his belt. And if Hercules wins, it's Heenan who gets to whip Patera 10 times. Remember, we're coming off that angle where the Heenan family beat down Kim Patera and take it out on his back, lashing away with Bobby Heenan's belt in a form of revenge after that great debate, which took place some time ago. Bobby Heenan's still selling that neck injury, but, but some matches here scheduled between Patera and Hercules with the stipulation in place, the loser going to get 10 lashes, of course, on Hercules' side, it's Heenan who would get the lashing. And honestly, it sounds fun for like a, a SummerSlam match, had that existed back here at 87. As we close out the news portion of this episode, one more news bit here, as there appears to be much press in the Winnipeg area over allegations by a fan that Davy Boy Smith of the British Bulldogs apparently slugged him and knocked a few teeth out. The story goes that Davey Boy, Dynamite Kid, and Al Clausen, who works in the front office of the CFL's Winnipeg Blue Bombers, were apparently seated together at a bar after a recent WWF Winnipeg card. Now, according to Davey Boy, the fan, Guy Seymour, didn't come up and ask for an autograph, but instead came up to the Bulldogs and said that he could whip either one of them. Smith then got up and asked the guy to leave, and according to Clausen, who, who would be the only neutral witness here, you want to call him that the quote unquote fan the guy tried to pick up smith physically trying to pick him up in the air and at that point davy boy responded by giving him an open hand slap across the face apparently knocking some teeth out in the process sounds like your typical wrestler at the bar story there and that will wrap up the news section of july 87 in the wwf as we move on now to july house show results 
And before we get going here, just a reminder, you guys can follow along, scroll along with me and look at some of the results here in July of 87 by heading over to the history of WWE.com. Richard Land, the Landman, putting together some good stuff there in association with Graham Cawthon. You guys can head over to the history of WWE.com. Look into those 1987 WWF results. Scroll down to the month of July. Now, I don't cover every result, every house show, but I do cover a lot or the majority of the house shows. Lots of interesting matches and pairings that catch my eye. And we're going to discuss a whole ton of that here today on the show. So if you're interested in following along with me, that's a great source to go to. And it all kicks off where else but July 1st, New Market, Ontario. Is that a joke? New Market? Is that a city? Or does this say New Market? New Market, Ontario, Canada, Recreation Complex. The card sees Johnny Canine score a win over Dusty Wolf. Frankie Lane, Cowboy Frankie Lane, also picking up a win here over Terry Morgan. Leaping Lanny Poffo over Frenchie Martin. Iron Mike Sharp going to score a win over Brad Rangans. What are we doing here? Johnny K9, Frankie Lane, Lanny Poffo, Mike Sharp, all getting wins here in Ontario, Canada. Also on the card, the one-man gang defeating Tony Gurria, who is now subbing for the departed Corporal Kirshner. Outlaw Ron Bass over Outback Jack. The Killer Bees defeating the team of Tag Team Champions Heart Foundation. Not sure if this was non-title or what the deal was there. And in the main event, ooh, listen to this. Bruno San Martino stepping in for the now suspended Jake the Snake Roberts. Bruno defeating the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, in a non-title matchup. The first half of the card, pretty rough, man, but they, they finish out strong here with the Bees and the Hearts and then Bruno over the Honky Tonk Man. Going to move on to the following day, July the 2nd. Going to look at a trilogy of cards here. The A, B, and C shows here for the World Wrestling Federation on July the 2nd as the WWF invades Don Owen territory here in Portland, Oregon at the Memorial Coliseum. See Special Delivery Jones over Tiger Chung Lee, Morocco and Orton over the team of Jerry Allen and Steve Gatorwolf. WWF Women's Tag Team Champions Judy Martin, Leilani Kai defeat the Jumping Bomb Angels. Natural Butch Reed battling the Macho Man Randy Savage to a double disqualification. There's an interesting one. Both guys still heels at this point, Randy Savage and Butch Reed. Also on the card, Brutus the Barber Beefcake exacting revenge over his former partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine. And in the main event, Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera come home. 5,500 fans packed in here at the Memorial Coliseum, no doubt, to see the hometown heroes of Haynes and Patera defeating the team of the Mighty Hercules and Killer Khan. Khan subbing for Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Also on July the 2nd, San Diego, California at the Sports Arena. It's Jose Estrada over David Sammartino. So San Martino back and doing jobs to the enhancement talent here. But I'm not complaining. Jose Estrada picking up a win. Hey, David wanted to submit to Ron Shaw's bear hug. Well, it's time to pay some dues here. Also in San Diego, leaping Lanny Pavo over Iron Mike Sharp. The Can-Am Connection still together here in early July, defeating the Islanders. Also outlaw Ron Bass over Brady Boone. Boone subbing for the injured-ribbed Siviafi. This may be Boone's debut in the WWF. This may be what gets him in the gig. Also on the card in San Diego, it's Tito Santana over Dangerous Danny Davis in a lumberjack match. The one-man gang battling George the Animal Steel to a double disqualification. That's not going to help the gang's push very much. And in the main event, it's Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the Killer Bees. So Brian Blair not suspended just yet. And last but not least for July the 2nd, WWF invading Newcastle, Pennsylvania at the Fieldhouse in front of just 800 fans. 
Going to see the Dingo Warrior here on the C-Show, scoring a win over Steve Lombardi. Also, Demolition defeating the British Bulldogs. It's reported that Sam Houston scoring a pin here over Terry Gibbs in 19 minutes. Also on the card, Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma back together over the Shadows in what's reported as a 26-minute match. Yikes. And the Birdman, Coco Beware, scoring a pinfall over Kamala. So that's where we're at with Kamala here in the month of July. As we move on to July the 3rd, Salt Lake City, Utah at the Salt Palace sees the Jumping Bomb Angels over the ladies' tag team champions Judy Martin and Leilani Kai on a countout. Also on the card, one-man gang over Brady Boone, Kim Patera defeating the mighty Hercules, natural Butch Reed pinning Tito Santana after interference from Slick on the outside. It's Morocco and Orton scoring a win over the team of Jerry Allen and Steve Gatorwolf, who's been working the cards. These guys, Jerry Allen and Gatorwolf, replacing the fired Midnight Rockers, originally scheduled to score the win here, I would have to imagine, over Morocco and Orton. Would have been a fun start for the Rockers, but instead, the Rockers are out, and Allen and Gatorwolf getting a payday here, but Morocco and Orton going over for as long as they're still a team. Also on the card, it's SD Jones over Tiger Chung Lee, and in the main event here in Salt Lake City, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the macho man Randy Savage after the big leg drop. Also on July the 3rd, up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, at the Saddle Dome, sees Lanny Poffo over Steve Lombardi, Mike Sharp now defeating David San Martino, Scott Casey battling Jose Estrada to a draw, Tom McGee back in the ring, defeating outlaw Ron Bass on a DQ, Kamala over George the Animal Steel on a countout, Coco Beware pinning Dangerous Danny Davis, and in the main event, it's Rick Martell and Tom Zenk, the Can-Am connection over the Islanders. No Heart Foundation here in Canada, and I don't know if that was done on purpose, intentionally or not, to keep the heel hearts from getting cheered here locally, but I don't know that that would have hurt anything. Have the bees come in and play the heels. They got the masks. The following day, July the 4th, a matinee show in Regina, Saskatchewan at the Taylor Field in front of 7,000 fans. And before you wonder, how did they draw that type of crowd? Well, actually, this card was held right before a Toronto Argonauts versus Saskatchewan Rough Riders football game. So some of the fans stayed for the football as well. But the action saw Shadow number one, that's Moondog Rex defeating Jimmy Powers, Paul Roma going over Shadow number two, which is Jose Luis Rivera. Also on the card, Sam Houston over Terry Gibbs, the British Bulldogs defeating Demolition on a disqualification after interference from Mr. Fuji. And here we go, Tag Team Champions, the Heart Foundation defeating the Killer Beast up in Saskatchewan. And in the main event, and I use that term loosely, it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine. Then we head back down to the States here on July the 4th, celebrating Independence Day in front of 8,818 fans here in Los Angeles, California at the Sports Arena. It's SD Jones over Tiger Chung Lee. Ken Patera again defeating Hercules. Tito Santana battling Butch Reed to a time limit draw. Also on the card, Orton and Morocco again over Jerry Allen and Gator Wolf subbing for the Midnight Rockers. Although there were issues apparently with the pinfall, Orton and Morocco arguing after the matchup. Then from there, the one-man gang over Brady Boone, still subbing for Corporal Kirchner on the West Coast. The Jumping Bomb Angels defeating tag team champions Leilani Kai and Judy Martin again on a countout. And it's the World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan pinning the macho man Randy Savage with a big leg drop. After Elizabeth got involved, taking a chair away from the Macho Man, Savage going to use the chair to put Hogan away. And Elizabeth, of all people, or I wouldn't want to have been Liz later that night, taking the chair away from her man, the Macho Man, allowing Hogan to make the comeback and drop the big leg. 
retained the title there on July the 4th in Los Angeles. As the WWF rolls on to Chicago, Illinois at the Rosemont Horizon July the 5th, in front of 4,230 fans going to see ravishing Rick Rude over Leaping Lanny Poffo. The Birdman, Coco Beware, scoring a pin over Nikolai Volkov. It's the Killer Bees defeating the Shadows. Dangerous Danny Davis over George the Animal Steel, outsmarting him and scoring a count out there. Does Danny Davis also on the card? Sika, the Wild Simone over Outback Jack. It's Tito Santana teaming with the Junkyard Dog to defeat the team of Demolition on a disqualification. Looking at that match, you have to figure somebody no-showed the event here. Tito and JYD reformed the tag team from WrestleMania 2, and they're going to pick up the win to keep the fans happy, albeit on a DQ. Also on the card, the one-man gang continues to defeat Brady Boone and the Junkyard Dog winning a $50,000 20-man battle royal in the main event. Also July the 5th, Oakland, California at the Coliseum. Wow, listen to this. 14,152 fans strong. Going to see Special Delivery Jones over Tiger Chung Lee. It's Orton and Morocco again defeating Jerry Allen and Steve Gatorwolf. This was originally announced not the Rockers, but rather they changed it by this point. Morocco and Orton were slated to take on Jerry Allen and Chavo Guerrero. But obviously Chavo the no-show. Gatorwolf going to replace him as well. So this may be where Chavo's suspension comes into play. Also the natural Butch Reed defeating Cowboy Scott Casey. Billy Jack Haynes. Going over on Hercules in a chain match, one of the final matches between the feud of Haynes and Hercules there. Haynes scoring the win in that chain match. Also on the card, Ken Patera over Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff on a DQ. Women's tag team champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels. Folks, get ready. San Francisco Bay Area wrestling fans, we're back over in Oakland next Sunday night, July the 5th. And what a way to wrap up the holiday weekend. 7.30 p.m. starts still. Plenty of great seats available in a chain match. Billy Jack squares off against Hercules. Ken Patera to meet Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and a host of other great matches on that card next Sunday night, July the 5th, including a title defense for the heavyweight yeah, champion of the world. This belt will be on the line. Macho Man Randy Savage to challenge. Well, you know, this is all about destiny, Mean Gene. Macho Man, I'm glad you're, you're used to losing, man. The Intercontinental title, maybe you say it was stolen. But now that you jumped up in the holster's face, brother, with Hulkamania running wild, it's only destiny, man, that you feel the wrath of Hulkamania. Then I put you down again, man. Oh, yeah, you're deemed the number one contender, brother. You've been coming off the top rope, man, swatting them down like fleas, brother. But you know, I just climbed off that knucklehead, man. 170 miles an hour plus about Harley Davidson because I got a chip on my shoulder, brother. And I'm going to ride you long and hard just like I've been riding that Harley, brother. And I took the back seat off the Harley Davidson, man, because your main squeeze, Elizabeth, baby doll, you ain't got nothing I want, man. You're not my kind of retread, you know. I don't like used parts on my bike. So I'm going to leave you to walk down that loser's aisle alone. But macho man Randy Savage, soar like an eagle if you will. I'll be waiting for you, man. The body of a god, the mind of a demon. I'm going to prove you're nothing but old news, man. Oh, yeah, you're the number one contender. But you're going to be the next number one contender that lays at the Hulkster's feet. All right, he has done it time and time again with a big title defense next Sunday night, July the 5th. Hulk Hogan being challenged by the macho man Randy Savage at the Oakland Coliseum Arena. And in the main event, again, it's Hulk Hogan defeating the macho man Randy Savage with the big leg drop. And we'll see the same card here in Oakland again the following night, July the 6th in Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma Dome. Again, drawing a big card with Hogan versus Savage as the headliner. 
15,739 fans there in Tacoma to see the same card, plus an added match of Coco Beware scoring a win over dangerous Danny Davis in Tacoma. As we move on to Waterloo, Iowa at the McElroy Auditorium on July the 6th, and we'll see the same card the following day in Davenport, Iowa at the Palmer Auditorium July the 7th in front of 1,800 fans. Back-to-back nights of these same results going to see Wild Samoan Sika over Brady Boone, the Dingo Warrior defeating Steve Lombardi, Outlaw Ron Bass over Outback Jack, King Kong Bundy scoring a win over Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver in Jim's corner, Tony Gurria now subbing for the suspended Brian Blair. It's Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and Tony Gurria defeating the tag team of Demolition on a disqualification. Got to keep the fans happy. Remember when we do substitutions. But boy, wouldn't it have been interesting to see Tony Gurria in a pair of Killer B tights. Not saying that's what happened, but boy, that would have been interesting. So it's Gurria and Brunzel over Demolition here. Also on the card, Rick Rude getting another pinfall win over Lanny Poffo and George the Animal Steel also defeating Kamala on a count out here in the state of Iowa. Then it's back to California, Fresno to be exact, at the Selland Arena on July the 7th. Sees Coco Beware over Dangerous Danny Davis, SD Jones continuing to pick up wins over Tiger Chung Lee, Morocco and Orton defeating the team of Scott Casey and Jerry Allen, the Macho Man again battling the natural Butch Reed, this time to a double countout. Also on the card, it's Kim Patera and Billy Jack Haynes defeating the team of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Hercules. So it looks like Orndorff is back on the road, at least some of the time. And the women's tag team champions again, Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels as we head back east to Wheeling, West Virginia and the Civic Center on July the 8th in front of 1,849 fans. Oof, look at this card. Pedro Morales over Frenchie Martin. Gonna pull Pedro back into things with Tom McGee back out again. So it's Pedro over Frenchie Martin. Sam Houston defeating Jose Estrada. Iron Mike Sharp pins David San Martino here. The Junkyard Dog scoring a pin over Nikolai Volkov. That couldn't have been pretty. And it, it doesn't get any better from there. Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Dino Bravo. Ugh. And the main event, finally, some real action here. The Can-Am Connection scoring a win over Haku and Tama, the Islanders. Also on July the 8th in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Expo Square Pavilion, it's Morocco and Orton over Scott Casey and Jerry Allen. SD Jones defeating Tiger Chung Lee. Tag Team Champions, Ladies Tag Team Champions, Leilani Kai, Judy Martin again over the Jumping Bomb Angels. Coco Beware scoring another win over Dangerous Danny Davis. Billy Jack Haynes battling Hercules to a double countout. It's also Randy Savage and Butch Reed going to a double countout on the same card. And Ken Patera scoring a win over Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff there in Tulsa. Then we jump back east again to WWF country. I'm talking Hartford, Connecticut at the Civic Center on July the 9th in front of just 4,000 fans. Featured an appearance by the WWF Special Enforcer Mr. T on the card. Also here, it's Jose Estrada over Jose Luis Rivera. There's an old school match. Demolition defeating the team of Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Natural Butch Reed pinning Tito Santana using the ropes for additional leverage there. Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Dino Bravo. It's the Can-Am Connection defeating the Islanders. We'll get back to that in just a minute. The one-man gang pinning Mario Mancini. Mancini acting as a substitution for Corporal Kirchner here doing the job to the gang. And in the main event, the Honky Tonk Man scoring a win over the still-heel Macho Man Randy Savage. Savage actually acting as a replacement for the suspended Jake the Snake Roberts here. So Honky defeating the Macho Man on a DQ. 
It may be the first time we see these two heels butt heads, but it won't be the last. Now, I want to go back. Here, July the 9th at the Hartford Civic Center marks the final match, the final night of the Can-Am Connection as Tom Zink abruptly quits the promotion overnight here, leaving a note at the front desk of the hotel informing Rick Martell that he has quit the company and went home. So July the 9th, marking the end of the Can-Am Connection. Also July the 9th, East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Meadowlands in front of 5,469 fans. Some of the matches on the card, going to see Special Delivery Jones over Steve Lombardi. Jerry Allen here pinning Rick Rude. You heard me right. Jerry Allen pins Rick Rude here with a sunset flip. And this was done, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of times here. We'll see as we go along. But this was done and actually taped in, in a perhaps a TV taping. I can't remember. I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. But they have Jerry Allen go over on Rick Rude here to kind of humble Rude and also to get it on film at some point, just in case Rude decided to leave Titan. Remember, there aren't a lot of contracts here in the World Wrestling Federation at this point. And you got to remember, it was Rick Rude just randomly leaving the NWA as one half of the tag team champions there with Manny Fernandez jumping to the WWF. Vince No Fool realizing that Rick Rude can do that to me too. So they make sure to film a matchup with Jerry Allen defeating Rick Rude so that should he take off like a thief in the night, they have something to play of one of their enhancement talent defeating Rude, making him look like lesser talent should he return to Crockett and the NWA. Pretty smart move there by the WWF. Also on the card, Scott Casey over Iron Mike Sharp, Killer Khan defeating Brady Boone, who's now making the rounds for Siviafi all around the United States, Coco Beware pinning Nikolai Volkov, and I believe this is the first of its kind. There's still a tag team on TV at this point, and we've just seen them teaming up on other house shows. But here in the Meadowlands, the team is already split. It's Don Morocco, the magnificent Morocco, battling Cowboy Bob Orton to a time limit draw. I could see that going either way, but likely wasn't pretty. Also on the card, Jim Brunzel slated to team with the Junkyard Dog, replacing Brian Blair here tonight. It's Jim Brunzel and JYD scheduled to take on the team of Kamala and Sika. We haven't seen them team in quite a few weeks. And also here in the Meadowlands, George the Animal Steel slated to take on Nemesis Dangerous Danny Davis. Remember, it was Davis who clocked Steel with the ring bell, allowing Randy Savage to score the pinfall in the final match of the George Steel-Randy Savage feud. And before we get to the results of either of those matches, I got a couple of sound bites lined up here. First, we're going to hear from Mr. Fuji Kamala by his side. Remember, it's Kamala and Sika taking on, well, it was scheduled to be the Killer Bees originally. Also, we're going to hear from Dangerous Danny Davis, his last-minute thoughts leading into this matchup with George the Animal Steel. All right, a number of great cards for the World Wrestling Federation coming up in the metropolitan New York City area. We're going to be over at the Meadowlands Sports Arena Thursday night, July the 9th. Get your tickets in advance, 7.30 p.m. start. Tickets available at all the usual ticket locations. The veteran septuagenarian, Mr. Fuji, in a return bout, Cage. It's going to be George Steele going against Danny Davis. I know you're going to be watching that one, but one that has a great deal of importance as far as you're concerned. The Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, facing Sika and the big Ugandan headhunter, Kamala. Let me be in Kamala, Kimchi. Be in Kamala. Sika is right now fishing. Fishing? Where's he fishing? In the river, Delaware River, looking for fresh trout to he can bite the head off. Delaware River, it. he'd have better luck in the East River. Are you kidding me? Take a mask, Kimchi. Hey, don't kill a good now thing. Let me oh, tell you my, something. Look at this. 
husband. Oh, Kamala is craving, and Sika is craving for honey. It's nothing better than the honey killer, bees. The killer bees? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. He likes to squeeze the blood <laughs> out. Wait a minute, he's up. all that honey all I mean, out. This guy is out of control. What are you talking about, Mr. Fuji? Out of control because he's hungry. He's hungry? And honey brings you a lot of energy. Of course it does. That's good thinking. I thank you, Mr. Fuji. Kamala Sika meeting the killer bees. Part of the action at the Meadowlands Arena. Thursday night, July the 9th. Get your tickets in advance tonight. Thank you. All right, hi again, New York City fans in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. We're going to be back over in the Meadowlands in the shadow of New York City on Thursday night, July the 9th, with a phenomenal, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. Boy, what a shootout, the last card. I was there at the Meadowlands Sports Arena. Danny Davis, come on in. Return bout, you and George the Animal Steel hit a 15-foot-high steel cage without a question of a doubt the most dangerous of all professional wrestling matches. And where's the most dangerous man in wrestling today? I don't know who's behind all this, whether it be Jack Tunney or whoever, but I beat George Steele last time out, and now he's got me in a cage. He's taken this handsome, young, all-American boy and made him sign a contract to face a man they call an animal in a steel cage. Well, I'm afraid. I know what can happen. I've seen many a matches. I've refereed many a cage matches. And I don't want my face all messed up by this mesh. And it's not going to happen, George, because I'm going to do it to you first. All right. George said something about Earl. Did that uh, mean anything to you? He can play with dead cats. He can play with dead animals. But he's not going to play around with Dangerous Danny Davis. The Battlelands, July the 9th. Don't miss it. All right. So there you heard from a pair of heels there. And Mr. Fuji, Kamala, Danny Davis, let's see if that helps them out here in the results as it is jumping Jim Brunzel and the JYD. That should make for a fun team picking up the win here over Kamala and Sika. And it's also George the Animal Steel defeating dangerous Danny Davis, I should mention, inside a steel cage. George Steele escaping through the cage door. Can't cage that animal. Steele going to pick up the win there over Danny Davis. What a main event. Steel cage. Danny Davis and George the Animal Steel there at the Meadowlands, and it does draw pretty well. Over 5,400 fans coming to see that one. As we roll on to Providence, Rhode Island, and the Civic Center on July the 10th, in front of 3,297 fans, the scheduled Butch Reed Corporal Kirchner match canceled here. Also off the show is Tom Zank, remember? Finished up the following day, July the 9th, in Hartford. Zank, a no show here in Providence, as we were slated to see Tama take on Zank. In a one-on-one -on -one match instead, Steve Lombardi filling in here for the Z-Man. Tama pinning Steve Lombardi, as if there was a doubt there. Also on the card, it's the one-man gang over Pedro Morales. Morales brought in again, this time to sub for Tito Santana, for some odd reason. Also on the card, it's Rick Martel over Haku. Kamala pinning Brady Boone. Scott Casey over Iron Mike Sharp. Don Morocco battling Bob Orton to a double disqualification. It's Powers and Roma. Continuing to defeat the Shadows, Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Dino Bravo, and in the main event, Ken Patera defeating Hercules in a chain match. So we're still getting a few chain matches here. In the summer of 87, they've just replaced Billy Jack Haynes with Ken Patera instead. And look at the results here. Houston, Texas, July the 10th, at the Sam Houston Coliseum, co-promoted by Paul Bosch, or at least figurehead Paul Bosch. He's not really getting the money anymore. And if there was ever any doubt that the Houston fans missed their old school wrestling, their 
Mid-South Wrestling promotion? It seems like less and less fans attend each show here, promoted by the WWF at the Sam Houston Coliseum. This time out, only 1,460 fans to come see a Houston wrestling show. And on the card, actually, this match makes air on the International Wrestling Challenge, so it is out there. Maybe the very first match aired of the Dingo Warrior, the future Ultimate Warrior scoring a pin here over Frenchie Martin. Also on the card, Nikolai Volkov over SD Jones, the Macho Man Randy Savage battling the Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man to a double disqualification. After Honky Tonk Man sensing defeat, raked the eyes of the referee and tossed him to the floor. From there, things got a little wild after the matchup between the Honky Tonk Man and Randy Savage, Savage decking Jimmy Hart, going after the referees, attacking Nick Kozak, and eventually a bunch of the wrestlers from the back coming out to try to break things up. A hell of a pull-apart here between the Macho Man and the Honky Tonk Man in Houston, with Savage eventually taking possession of the IC title there and then handing it to Elizabeth. So really interesting situation there. Were they just filling time? Was it originally Honky scheduled to take on Jake the Snake Roberts? I'm not really sure. Were they ad-libbing or, or were they testing the waters for the potential Macho Man turn and feud with the Honky Tonk Man? Sounds like a whole lot of fun, though, either way. Also on the card in Houston, it's Coco Beware battling outlaw Ron Bass to a 20-minute time limit draw. George the Animal Steel defeating Dangerous Danny Davis. In a comical finish here where Danny Davis tries to slam the animal, but George Steele falls on top of Dangerous Danny and gets the win. Also on the card here in Houston, the Killer Bees. No, wait, Brian Blair suspended. This time it's jumping Jim Runzel teaming with Tito Santana. Going to score the win over tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, on a countout. Finish saw Tito clocking Bret Hart with the flying forearm. The hitman taking the bump out through the ropes to the floor, unable to return in time. Couldn't beat the count. Santana and Brunzel going to get the win, but not the titles. Boy, wouldn't that have been something? Brian Blair gets suspended, and the Beast finally get the belts, only it's Tito Santana, not Brian Blair. Arriba! Imagine that. Tito Santana filling in for someone else's partner and then winning the tag team titles. Hmm. There's an idea. Also, on July the 10th, Omaha, Nebraska at the Civic Auditorium. 7,276 fans come to see Brand Rangans. Over Tiger Chung Lee, Sika defeating Outback Jack, leaping Lanny Poffo over Terry Gibbs. Ladies tag team champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin, can't wait to call them the Glamour Girls. Picking up the win here over the Jumping Bomb Angels, Billy Jack Haynes battling Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff to a draw. It's King Kong Bundy again scoring a win over Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver in his corner, so Beaver not a whole lot of help at this point. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan, it's finally making the rounds, guys. Hogan scoring a win over Killer Khan. And up next, July 11th, we're off to the Boston Garden. All right, hi again, Boston. We're going to be back at the Boston Garden. July the 11th, that is a Saturday night. Next Saturday night, is that correct? Excuse me. Yeah. Monsieur, yeah. next Saturday night. Today's the 4th of July. Do you think you're playing with sheep? Of course not. God, that's gonna isn't he great? Me. Isn't he great? Absolutely, he's terrible. You know, baby, we're so happy. Look, his pictures on the cover of all the magazines, man. We just got the DDT band, and the next we're gonna get old Damien band, aren't we, Hawking? Uh, um, no, what a good-looking man. <laughs> good. We better have him put his teeth back in. But go right ahead. I feel good. A honky tonk man is hitting on about sixteen cylinders. Boston Garden is the place. That's the place a honky tonk man is gonna do it. To Jake the Snake Roberts? <laughs> you better believe it. And do it, I mean do it right. I mean do 
do it one time and one time only, Jake the Snake, because the fans of Boston have demanded this. They said, Honky Tonk, man, you're the intercontinental heavyweight champion of the world. We want the title match in Boston Garden. And Saturday night, you know Saturday night's a honky-tonk man's night out. That's the night honky-tonk gets Peggy Sue, and I get her up real close, and we glide across the hardwood floors. And I don't want anything to mess that up, because, see, my Saturday nights are taken. But this Saturday night, July the 11th, it's taken with you, Jake the Snake. I'm going to ride you like a stud horse, and when your tongue hangs out like a long red necktie, I'm going to roll you over and cover you like a blanket. It'll be all over. I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion of the World. Jake the Snake, you're not going to take this title. You're not worth it. Say it. Say it. Go here's, ahead. Here's two bits for the jukebox for next Saturday night. What do you want to hear? Snakeskin Blues? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Honky Tonk Band of Meat. Jake the Snake Roberts next Saturday here in the Boston Garden. All right, next Saturday night, we're going to return here to the Boston Garden. Causeway Street is going to be rocking next Saturday night, July 11th. What a phenomenal card. In tag team action, the Can-Am connection of Martell and Zink will square off against the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Now, those two wonderful young men from the South Pacific, from the Isle of Tonga, have changed dramatically. I guess the cat is out of the bag. The news is out. Bobby Heenan is now managing the Islanders. And I, I just even hate to think what he may be doing to their careers with the promises that Heenan makes. He's too much. Come on in, Fourth of July weekend. Jake the Snake Roberts... Let me see this. Death Valley Beach Club. <laughs> I like that. I also like this match with you and a honky-tonk man for the Intercontinental title next Saturday night. He tells me I got one shot. One shot only. And here in Boston, that's it. <laughs> that's all I need is one shot. Opportunity, I'll make it work. You see, it's going to be stormy weather in Boston. I'm telling you, on July 11th. There's going to be a cloud hanging over that garden. And that cloud's going to be covering both of us up. You know what you got to do, man? You got to push the clouds away yourself. That's what you got to do in stormy weather. I mean, a lot of people might go outside and look out at the stars, but very few of them see the light. And you don't see what's going on. What you've done to yourself is put yourself into the middle of a hornet's nest, something you can't deal with. You put yourself in a trap situation with no door out. There's no way you can win. A no-win situation, honky-tonk. Because you've had your fun. I underestimated you. You're much more of a man than I thought you were. But you're still not the kind of man I am. You see, I'm the kind of guy, man, you don't step out in front of if I'm driving a car. Because <laughs> I'll take him out. What, what do you think of that uh, little uh, Jimmy Hart? Jimmy Hart? I'll tell you what Jimmy Hart needs to do. He needs to be right along Honky Tonk's side, all the way to the ring, with their banjos, their guitars, whatever they want to bring, his horn, with the Honky Tonk all dressed up. But when the match starts, man, you get out there and sit in the corner and behave yourself because Damien's going to be right there, and you know what that feels like, and you don't like it. And then about ten minutes later, you slide back into the ring with a fork and you stick your boy. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be well done. <laughs> He's going to be real well done. I He's cooked. Thought you would say that. Very good. Jake Roberts going up against the Honky Tonk Band next Saturday night in the Boston Garden. 6,371 fans. Not the greatest crowd of all time, but it could have been a whole lot worse as Bruno San Martino shows he can still draw a crowd. And unfortunately for Jake Roberts, at this point, Jake's drawing power in the Northeast, very questionable. And what I'm referencing here is, well, we'll get to it in just a second. The day of the show, the advanced tickets in Boston for this July card 
which was scheduled to see Jake the Snake Roberts take on Intercontinental Champion the Honky Tonk Man, up until the day of the show, advanced ticket sales were something like 2,400 fans. Until that weekend, it was announced that Bruno San Martino would be replacing Jake Roberts on the local market TV, and then out of nowhere, Bruno San Martino drawing something like 6,300 fans. And this, of course, here in Boston, televised on the New England Sports Network, included Gorilla Monsoon, Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary, and on the card is Jimmy Powers over Shadow Number 2, that's Jose Luis Rivera, Dino Bravo also scoring a pin over Cowboy Scott Casey, that match will actually make air on an upcoming episode of All-American here in the month of July. We'll also see Cowboy Bob Orton defeating Jerry Allen with the Superplex here in Boston. It's also Tito Santana pinning the magnificent Morocco. Morocco obviously going to make the babyface turn, but he's here subbing for the natural Butch Reed. So instead, it's Tito Santana over Don Morocco with a sunset flip, a Briscoe roll out of the corner, if you will. Post-match, Bob Orton coming to ringside. But Morocco looking to shake the hand of Tito Santana and partner Bob Orton disagreeing with Morocco's choice to do so. Orton trying to deter Morocco from shaking Santana's hand, but Morocco does it anyway, much to the chagrin of partner Cowboy Bob. And as we know, the two are already wrestling in certain markets. And Orton walking away disgusted here from his partner Morocco. So it's clear by Morocco shaking the hand that it will be the magnificent one doing the babyface turn at this point. Also on the card, we talked about it at the top of the show, Bruno Sammartino subbing for the suspended Jake Roberts, scoring a win here over Intercontinental Champion the Honky Tonk Man on a countout after ramming the champion face first into the ring post. Honky getting what he deserved there, and Bruno going to pick up the win, albeit on a countout. Also on the card, the one-man gang pinning Jose Luis Rivera, subbing for Corporal Kirchner. So Rivera doing double duty here in the opener as Shadow number 2, and now here doing a job to the one-man gang. Also on the card, Paul Roma pinning Shadow number 1. That's Moondog Rex. Roma busting out a sunset flip off the top rope there to get the win. We've come a long way from the original Smash, haven't we, Mr. Colley? And also on the card, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, defeating former manager Luscious Johnny V, who is subbing for Greg the Hammer Valentine here. So we get it again, Beefcake over Johnny V yet again with the submission, the sleeper hold, if you will, before Beefer cutting JV's hair one more time and then spray painting his entire body and his hair some color of red or pink or whatever that is. And in the main event here in Boston, it was scheduled to be the Islanders, Haku and Tama, taking on the Can-Am connection of Rick Martell and Tom Zink. Now we know Zink has already left the promotion, so this may be the final time we get to hear from the Can-Am Connection. All right, get ready. We're going to be back here in Boston at uh, the Boston Garden next Saturday night, July the 11th, phenomenal card. Ricky Martell, the Canadian half of the Can-Am Connection from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Tom Zink. Gentlemen, I don't know, the Islanders, after what they've done and everything in the past couple of weeks, uh, you know one thing, Ricky, they can't be trusted. Yes, you know, Gene, I heard that right now the, can- the uh, Islanders are having a good time right now. They- they're riding the high tide. They actually, can you believe it, they're actually proud of themselves, proud of what they did, jumped us from behind, and proud of joining the Heenan family. And you know, all that's going to come to stop when the Canham Connection catches up with them right here in Boston, July 11th, because we're no pushovers, and we're going to show you that you can't get away with what they've done to us. 
And you know, everybody's saying, you know, take it easy, Rick. Take it easy, Tom, you know. Be careful because you never know with the islanders and that evil man, you know, Bobby Heenan. You never know what they could do. Well, we're going to take it easy, all right, but we are going to take it. Tom saying the, the Can-Am connection, we're going to be in Boston. You know, these guys are actually proud to be a part of the Heenan family. Well, what a great family. That tells you where they're coming from, Mean Gene. They come out here, they're posing on TV. They act real arrogant now. They're real proud of it. But believe me, you messed with the two wrong guys because in Boston, we got our chance to get a hold of you since the last time we were together. And I believe me, it's going to be a total different story this time. You won't be smiling. All right. I thank you very much. The Can-Am connection to meet the Islanders next Saturday night. The Boston... So it sounded like Martell and Zink were ready for this matchup with the Islanders, but Zink is gone, and thus he's replaced here tonight by the Junkyard Dog, as we see the team of Rick Martell and JYD defeat the team of the Islanders here when Dog pins Tama after the big thump, the power slam. Now post-match, the Islanders try to get their heat back, attacking JYD and Rick Martell, but it's very interesting, and remember Titan policy, and I don't necessarily argue it most of the time here, Whenever you have a substitution, you got to keep the fans happy and put the baby face over in the situation. And it's JYD and Rick Martell scoring the win here. And, and they have a couple matches on TV with those two as a team here later in the summer. And, and I kind of like it. It's up next. We're off to St. Louis, Missouri in the Keel Auditorium, July the 11th in front of 4,200 fans. Going to see Brad Rangins over Tiger Chung Lee, leaping Lanny Poffo, defeating Terry Gibbs, Sika over Outback Jack. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orner battling Billy Jack Haynes to a draw. This is also the match where Haynes suffers that knee injury. Going to require surgery and out for a few weeks here. Also on the card, Hillbilly Jim. Little Beaver in his corner, defeating, finally getting the win over King Kong Bundy, albeit on a countout, is Bundy chasing Little Beaver around ringside. Can you imagine that? King Kong Bundy chasing the Little Beaver around the ring. Also here in St. Louis, women's tag team champions Martin and Kai over the Jumping Bomb Angels and WWF champion Hulk Hogan scoring a pinfall win over the King Harley Race. And we haven't mentioned Harley here very much, if at all, on the results here in early July. Remember Harley coming off an injury himself. He's been taking a little time off trying to rehab, but still making the rounds, at least in the big cities and and the big matches against the likes of the Hulkster. There was no way... Harley Race was going to miss the town of St. Louis, one of his old stomping grounds. And up next, it's the WWF in Tampa, Florida at the Sundome on July the 11th. Sees the Dingo Warrior over Joe Murto here on the house show. Also, Brady Boone going to score his first WWF win over the Gladiator, which is typically Rick Hunter. It's stated that Boone over Gladiator was a replacement match for Rick Rude versus Siviafi here. Also on the card, Pedro Morales filling in for the suspended Chavo Guerrero, pinning Frenchie Martin here. And tag team champions Hart Foundation defeating the Rougeos, it's Coco Beware, pinning Nikolai Volkov, George the Animal Steel over dangerous Danny Davis on a countout, and Kim Patera scoring a win over the mighty Hercules on a DQ. Quite a hodgepodge card there in Tampa, Florida, as we roll on to Orangeburg, South Carolina at the City Gym. Can't wait to see this card. July the 11th, going to see... Steve Douglas defeat Andre Lomax. Eric Cooper. Okay, we've seen him do some jobs recently in the WWF. Eric Cooper going to pick up a win here over the Masked Bandit. Okay. Also, Al Navarro on the card, another familiar enhancement talent here in the World Wrestling Federation. Navarro defeating David Three Feathers. Then from there, it's Bubba Kirk scoring a win over Don Driggers. We know that name too. Driggers initially getting the win 
but the referee catching him cheating, and it's a reverse decision here. Bubba Kirk defeating Don Driggers. And in the main event, women's champion, the fabulous Moolah, over Gene Kirkland. Wow, haven't seen that name in quite a while. What an intriguing card here. Marked as a WWF card, and no doubt Eric Cooper, Al Navarro, Don Driggers. We've all seen them recently, and fairly often, Driggers and Navarro especially, doing jobs for the World Wrestling Federation. And then Moolah closing out the card, defending her WWF women's title. I don't know how much of a WWF show that was. Maybe a fundraiser? If so, I'm not having them back. And while we're down here in Florida, the WWF in Miami at the Knight Center on July the 12th in front of 3,100 fans. Going to see Coco Beware over Danny Davis. George Steele defeating Nikolai Volkov. The Dingo Warrior over Joe Murdo once again. Pedro Morales defeating Frenchie Martin. Brady Boone over the Gladiator. Not a very pretty card thus far. Also, it's the Hart Foundation defending their title successfully over the Rougeau brothers. And in the main event, Ken Patera over Hercules on a disqualification. I can't believe that drew 3,100 fans. As we head up to the Northeast, Portland, Maine at the Civic Center on July the 12th in front of 3,095 fans, sees Tama of the Islanders over Jose Luis Rivera, subbing for the now-departed Tom Zink. Also, Cowboy Bob Orton over Scott Casey. One-man gang over Jerry Allen. It's Powers and Roma defeating the Shadows one more time. Rick Martell scoring a win over Haku. Junkyard Dog defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine. Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Dino Bravo, and in the main event, Tito Santana scoring a win over the IC champion Honky Tonk Man on a disqualification. I have to assume Tito filling in for Jake the Snake there. As we move back down to Kansas City, Missouri, and the Kemper Arena on July the 12th, in front of 8,357 fans, must be a hell of a main event. I guess we'll see in just a moment. On the card, it's Lanny Poffo over Terry Gibbs. Brad Rangans again over Tiger Chung Lee. Sika defeating Outback Jack once more. Tag team champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels. Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver in his corner again defeating King Kong Bunny on a countout. Now after about this time, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff attacking Little Beaver with Hillbilly Jim then challenging Orndorff to a matchup. Leading to Hillbilly Jim filling in for the injured Billy Jack Haynes. Of course, Haynes injured just the day before in St. Louis. What a cheap out here. Hillbilly Jim working double duty here and going to get the win over Mr. Wonderful on a disqualification. Would have loved to have seen Order of Pile Drive Little Beaver. Boy, that would have been something. And in the main event, this is what drew the 8,000 fans here in Kansas City of all places, no doubt, as the WWF champion going to go one-on-one with Kansas City's own Harley Race in the main event. And believe it or not, the king, he's not going to do a job in his hometown. Nope. Hulk Hogan battling Harley Race to a double count out here in Kansas City. So was this Hogan showing a little respect to the king? Or was this Harley Race saying, try and take me down, Hulk? I guess we'll never know there as the WWF rolls on to Manchester, New Hampshire at the JFK Coliseum. 2,000 fans come out to see Greg Valentine over Scott Casey. JYD defeating the one-man gang on a count out. Also, Dino Bravo battling Tito Santana to a draw. The Islanders over the team of Roma and Powers. Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating the natural Butch Reed on a DQ. JYD again in action here, this time filling in for Jake the Snake Roberts. It's the Dog over the Honky Tonk Man in a non-title match. JYD scoring a pin here over HTM. Also on the card, Tito Santana picking up a win in a bunkhouse come-as-you-are battle royal. And I can't imagine how quickly the wrestlers departed that battle royal to get back to their hotels. Also, 
On July the 13th, Binghamton, New York at the Broome County Arena, only 1,377 fans in attendance to witness Killer Khan over Tony Gurria, Coco Beware pinning the Russian Nikolai Volkov, the British Bulldogs over the team of Morocco and Orton on a DQ, see they're still teaming in some markets, the Dingo Warrior picking up a win here over Terry Gibbs, it's Sika still pinning Outback Jack each and every night, and Ken Patera scoring a win here over the mighty Hercules. As also on July the 13th, Syracuse, New York at the Onondaga War Memorial. S.D. Jones over Tiger Chung Lee. The Bomb Angels defeating Martin and Kai in a non-title match. Lanny Poffo over Brady Boone. Jumping Jim Brunzel this time. Ugh, this may be the worst of the lot. Brunzel's partner for this one, Pedro Morales, subbing for the suspended Brian Blair. It's Brunzel and Morales over the Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation on a disqualification. Also on the card, King Kong Bunny defeats Hillbilly Jim. George Steele over Danny Davis on a countout yet again, and the Macho Man Randy Savage picking up a win here in a 14-man battle royal. So Randy Savage on the card, but doesn't appear in a matchup outside of the battle royal. Pretty interesting results there in Syracuse. As we move on to Utica, New York at the Memorial Auditorium on July the 14th, 1,000 fans out to see Coco Beware again over Volkov Sika, defeating Outback Jack, the Jumping Bomb Angels still picking up another non-title win over Martin and Kai. The Bulldogs here, also scoring a win over the team of Morocco and Orton, and Ken Patera defeating the Mighty Hercules, this time on a disqualification. And while up here in the Northeastern Tour, the WWF in Lowell, Massachusetts at the Memorial Auditorium on July the 14th, going to see Rick Martell over Haku. The Junkyard Dog again subbing for Tom Zink. It's JYD over Tama of the Islanders. Powers and Roma defeating the team of the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, and Mario Mancini. That could have been fun. Also, Natural Butch Reed pinning Cowboy Scott Casey. Tito Santana over the IC champion Hockey Tonk Man on a disqualification there in Lowell. As the WWF also pops up in Watertown, New York at the high school gym. I drove through Watertown once. First time I ever saw beer in a Denny's. I also understand Watertown or somewhere around there's a highly populated Amish area. But this makes for an interesting card. I don't have the results, but a couple of matches here caught my eye. Again, it's Hillbilly Jim taking on King Kong Bunny here July the 14th in Watertown. But this time it's announced that Midgets will be in the corner of both men. So we know Little Beaver going to be in the corner of Hillbilly Jim. Curious to see who popped up here in Bundy's corner. Was it, was it a local little person or was it actually someone from the old Midget troop? I can't see one of them coming in for this random show here in Watertown. Also on this card, though, this one caught my eye. I don't know if it actually took place or not, but it was slated to see the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on the King Harley race. That would have been different. And keep in mind, guys, as I read these results, the Macho Man still very much a heel here in the month of July. As we're off to our next set of WWF TV tapings here, Superstars tapings in Glens Falls, New York. Would have been a great time to have Hacksaw Jim Duggan still with the company, but not meant to be at this point in time. WWF at the Civic Center here in Glens Falls on July the 15th in front of a sellout 8,500 fans. And in the dark matches, we're going to see Dan Crawford, the future Phil LaFon, just a youngster here. Crawford also working as Phil LaFleur for the Stampede Wrestling promotion. But taking on the name of his childhood hero, the wrestler Dan Crawford from the Stampede promotion. So for those confused, there was originally Cowboy Dan Crawford who was a top star for quite a while there in Stampede Wrestling. Phil LaFon, Phil LaFleur, call him what you want. He grew up watching him, idolizing him, eventually taking on the name Dan Crawford in certain promotions. 
And here he is in a dark match, getting a tryout here. A little small for the WWF, I'd have to think at this point. But it's Crawford scoring a win over Steve Lombardi. And Demel says Crawford won a squash and was said to be decent all around and that he's got some good moves, but is rather stiff, like someone over-muscled. And that the fans, they didn't go for him. Also here in the dark match is actually taped. And I found this match on an episode of International Wrestling Challenge. It's Tito Santana battling Greg the Hammer Valentine to a time limit draw here. Johnny V trying to interfere after the matchup sees Santana clearing the ring of both Valentine and Luscious JV. Brutus Beefcake also doing commentary for that one. Also here as part of the Superstars taping. It'll air on All American in the month of August. It's the Junkyard Dog subbing for Tom Zink teaming with Rick Martell, defeating the team of the WWF Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, on a disqualification. After the Hearts using too many double-team moves, Bret Hart coming off the top rope with a heart attack on the JYD, going to allow the challengers to pick up the DQ win there. And a fun little matchup is obviously the dog now filling in for Tom Zink, even on TV. And we've seen people filling in for the injured, or excuse me, the suspended Jake the Snake Roberts as of late. But now it's Jake's turn. We'll see how those suspensions really come into play here. Jake Roberts brought back here at the TV tapings in order to replace an injured Billy Jack Haynes in a scheduled matchup here against the IC champion Honky Tonk Man. And it is Jake the Snake defeating the Honky Tonk Man in this non-title matchup here after the guest enforcer outside referee, Mr. T, wound up KOing the champion. Now that could have been fun. There's an unseen match I'd love to see. Also here in Glens Falls, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan over the macho man Randy Savage with the leg drop again after Miss Elizabeth snatching the chair away from the macho man. And here just just a few quick highlights from the TV portion of the TV taping. We're going to see the return of Andre the Giant, who's going to cut a promo here in the summer of 87. Also, we'll be seeing Rick Martell doing an interview, really bad-mouthing, putting the boots verbally to his former partner Tom Zink saying that basically when the going got tough, Tom Zink got going from the Can-Am connection. Also, as part of this taping, superstar Billy Graham making his return to the ring. Graham with a noticeable limp here, going to use the sleeper hold as his finisher. British Beefcake already doing that. DeMelt says that Graham, he was over really big here, but mostly because they did such a good job with the weekly special reports. Ravishing Rick Rude is in, and he will apparently be managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan and uh, initially used the slingshot suplex as his finisher. So take that, Tully Blanchard. Also during this taping, the Superstar Gramp Natural Butch Reed Pose Down was recorded for the second week of tapings here to air. The Pose Down ending went Butch Reed attacking Billy Graham with his weightlifting belt. Meltzer adds a note here saying, physically, the Superstar has some huge arms, but the rest of his body doesn't look all too impressive. How kind of you, Meltz. And the highlight of the third hour of the taping saw the Hart Foundation taking on the team of Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma, Mr. T and Danny Davis having a stare down before the matchup. Match initially ends with Bret Hart using the ropes to score the win, but Mr. T ratted him out to the official in the ring, causing them to reverse the decision. Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma going to defeat the tag team champion Hart Foundation on a reverse decision here. And then post-match, Mr. T going to give Danny Davis a hip lock as the Hart Foundation run away. And there were rumors abound that Mr. T would stay on after this enforcer referee spot as, as the potential manager 
of the Young Stallions. Now, I don't know how true that was or what anybody was smoking if it was, but I just can't buy it. As we move on to Lake Placid, New York at the Olympic Center on July the 16th for wrestling challenge tapings. Some of the dark matches included George Steele and what was originally announced as the Killer Bees, I can't confirm if this actually took place, taking on the trio of the Hart Foundation and Dangerous Danny Davis, as well as Intercontinental Champion the Honky Tonk Man slated to take on Coco Beware. Then from there, this will actually wind up airing on WWF Spotlight on August the 1st, Superstar Graham picking up another win over Terry Gibbs on a countout when Gibbs had enough and simply left ringside. Interesting choice of a finish there. And this match to be aired on the August 10th edition of Primetime Wrestling, it's tag team champions Judy Martin and Leilani Kai defeating the team of the Jumping Bomb Angels. The finish in this one sees Kai pin Yamazaki following a powerbomb from Judy Martin, and Martin really lays in those powerbombs, I gotta tell you. Also here in Lake Placid, on the challenge tapings, dark match after the tapings, sees WWF champion Hulk Hogan teaming with Ken Patera, downing the team of King Harley Race and the Mighty Hercules. As we follow up the set of tapings, we move on July 17th, Long Island, New York at the Nassau Coliseum, 4,664 fans out to see Special Delivery Jones over Steve Lombardi. It's Kamala defeating C.V. Afi, Mr. Wonderful going over on Pedro Morales, subbing for the injured Billy Jack Haynes there. So that's one of those instances where the babyface doesn't go over, even after the substitution, because we're not jobbing Orndorff out to Pedro Morales. Also on the card, the new Dream Team, teaming up for the first time in what feels like quite a while, scoring a win over Jim Powers and Paul Roma. It's Sika, defeating Special Delivery Jones. Also on the card, Outlaw Ron Bass over Jerry Allen. And tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, defeating the team of Jacques and Ramon Rougeau. They're replacing the Killer Bees here. And the Hart Foundation going to pick up the win over the Rougeaus. Match goes about 18 minutes. Also on the card, Ken Patera slated to take on the Mighty Hercules with special guest referee Bruno Sammartino. All right, we're heading out to Long Island, Uniondale, the Nassau Coliseum this coming Friday night, 8 o'clock start. Phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. Hercules, part of the Bobby Heenan family, and no stranger to Ken Patera. The return pod has been sound, uh, signed for this Friday night, and I should point out, special guest referee, former heavyweight champion, the legendary Bruno San Martino. Gene Oakland, have you noticed lately that Ken Patera, he's not looking so good. In fact, he's looking kind of bad. He's walking around with his head kind of held kind of low. Ken Patero, when you get up in the morning, do you have that feeling in your stomach, that aching, when that adrenaline's flowing? When you get up to comb your hair in the mirror, is your hand shaking? Well, you got good reason to be scared, Ken Patero. You're grasping at straws. Bruno San Martino can't help you at all. You're through. The right countdown there. is underway for Friday night out of the Nassau Coliseum. All right, fans, here in the Big Apple, we're going to be returning out to Long Island, the Nassau County Coliseum, Friday night, July the 17th. And Ken Patera, come on it, if you would, out of Long Island on Friday night, July the 17th, 8 o'clock, start tickets available at the usual ticket outlets. You're going to be going against the mighty Hercules. I think this, this situation between you and Bobby Heenan, and specifically Hercules, has reached the boiling point. The only good news I've got for you, special referee, 
the legendary Bruno San Martino. Well, the thing's completely out of hand, Mean Gene. Everybody is well aware of that. And nobody is more aware of that than the weasel. Because you're the one that's created the thing. The situation is completely berserk. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Hercules. Every time I get in the ring with you or one of the other weasel family members, I always have to look over my back. I always have to have somebody covering for me. Because if I don't, I know it's going to be three or four of you goons on me. Because that's the only way you can hold me down. And then you can't hold me down long because I'm eventually going to get up. And when I get up, I'm going to start destroying things. Total destruction. And a buddy of mine, Bruno Sarmatino, says, Ken, I'll watch your back. As a matter of fact, I'll go to the commission and I'll make sure that I can watch your back by being a special referee. That's right, Hercules. Does it sound, do I sound like a coward? Do I sound like a sissy? Do I ask you for some special protection? No! It's going to allow me to destroy you once and for all. All right, then I saw Connie Coliseum Friday night, July the 17th. Big, big card. All right, and there you hear Kenny Patera coming for a little revenge here on the mighty Hercules and the Heenan family as we see Ken Patera pin. The mighty Hercules here. Bruno Sammartino, remember, the guest referee for the matchup. And then after the match, Bruno making the save for Batera after Hercules, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orner, Bobby Heenan, trying to put a triple beatdown on the Olympic strongman. Bruno Sammartino coming to his rescue and clearing the ring there at the Nassau Coliseum. Also on July the 17th at the Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, it's the ladies' tag team champions, Martin and Kai, over the jumping bomb angels. Sam Houston defeating Barry Horowitz, who has now arrived in the World Wrestling Federation. It's JYD over Jose Estrada. Tito Santana battles the one-man gang to a double DQ. Hillbilly Jim with Little Beaver in his corner scoring a win over King Kong Bundy there. It's Killer Khan downing Outback Jack. Rick Martell picking up a singles win over Tama of the Islanders. And IC champion, the Honky Tonk Man, over Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Interesting card there in Richfield as we roll on July the 18th. 6,000 fans here in Toronto, Ontario at the Maple Leaf Gardens. Here to see Brad Reagans over Terry Gibbs, Jim Powers and Paul Roma once again defeating the Shadows. God, that's like the 50 millionth time we've seen that matchup. The Dingo Warrior over Jose Estrada. Axe and Smash Demolition defeating the British Bulldogs here in Toronto. Also, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orner battling Tito Santana to a draw. Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver still in his corner, going to pin King Kong Bundy here at the Maple Leaf Gardens. And the Killer Bees, nope, Brian Blair still suspended. It's Jim Brunzel and the Junkyard Dog over the team, the Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, this time on a countout. It's Mr. T was the special guest enforcer referee for the matchup. Post-match sees Mr. T body slam the interfering Danny Davis. And while up in Canada, the WWF also invades Halifax, Nova Scotia at the Forum on July the 18th in front of a reported sellout crowd. Now, we don't have results for that card, but you say a sellout? Well, no wonder. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the macho man Randy Savage in the main event there in Halifax. As we move on to the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also July the 18th, and it's 5,000 fans out here for this edition of Spectrum Wrestling, televised on the Prism Network, featuring Dick Graham and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Craig DeGeorge also sliding in for a couple matches as well there on commentary. The card sees Brady Boone pinning Barry Horowitz in what is likely Horowitz's first televised matchup here. This may also actually be Boone's first match here on TV. I'm not really sure, but it's Boone scoring the win here 
And prior to the match, Horowitz referred to as Al Horowitz, at least on the on-screen graphic. Also here in Philadelphia, it's Rick Rude over Scott Casey with the slingshot suplex. Coco Beware pinning Nikolai Volkov with a missile dropkick. The one-man gang was slick in his corner, going over on Outback Jack here, subbing for the suspended Chavo Guerrero. Gang using that gourd buster on Jack to pick up the win. Also, we see Rick Martell scoring a win over Tama. Haku accompanying Tama to the ring. Tama coming off the top rope with a flying crossbody, but Rick Martell using the momentum to roll over on top. Martell going to score the win here in singles action over Tama. Also on the card, dangerous Danny Davis over George the Animal Steel on a disqualification. After Steel took away the foreign object brought into the ring by Davis and Steel, the animal, the one caught using that foreign object. From there, it's Killer Khan defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo with the flying knee drop. And in the main event, he's back to being suspended, guys. Jake the Snake Roberts is out. Bruno San Martino is in. Subbing for Jake Roberts here, it's Bruno, again defeating the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, on a countout. Then from there, off to Denver, Colorado at the McNichols Arena on July the 19th in front of 6,796 fans to see Powers and Roma over the team of Morocco and Orton after Orton accidentally nailing his partner and Morocco getting pinned. Splitting up the team in yet another town there. Also in Denver, it's Jerry Allen over Barry Horowitz. Don Morocco wrestling double duty, scoring a win here over the mighty Hercules. Outlaw Ron Bass pinning leaping Lanny Poffo. The Macho Man Randy Savage defeating WWF champion Hulk Hogan on a countout, guys, after hitting Hogan with the title belt. Liz wasn't there to take it this time, was she? Now, after the bout, Hulkster went backstage and dragged the Macho Man back out to the ring to reclaim his stolen WWF title. That had to be fun. Other preliminary matches there in Denver saw Brady Boone over Jose Estrada. Rick Rude defeats Scott Casey and the King Harley Race pinning Tito Santana. And up next, July the 19th, Buffalo, New York at the Memorial Auditorium. Tag team tournament action, seeing the winners as the winners to receive a tag team title shot. The quarterfinals go like this. It's Battle of the Babyfaces here, as the British Bulldogs scoring a win over the Rougeau brothers. From there, it's the Battle of the Heels, getting a little creative. The New Dream Team defeating Demolition. Ugh. Albeit on a countout, but no matter how they win, no thank you. The New Dream Team over Demos by a countout. Also, the Islanders in quarterfinal action over the team of the Bird and the Bee. It's Jim Brunzel teaming with Coco Beware. This time around, the Islanders going to defeat the makeshift Killer Bees for the night. And speaking of makeshift teams, Tom Zink gone from the company. Rick Martell's partner here for the tournament of all the partners he's taken on. This one might be the worst. It's Rick Martell and George the Animal Steel picking up a first round victory over the team of Kamala and Sika. After Steele scored the pin on Sika using the Samoans' own foreign object against him. Then it's off to the semifinals to see the British Bulldogs defeat the Islanders and the new Dream Team advance again over the team of Rick Martell and George Steele this time around. I'm going to assume that George Steele was pinned there. Also on the card in non-tournament action, Dangerous Danny Davis pinning the Birdman Coco Beware. Then it's back to the tag team tournament, the finals here. Can't believe this. The new dream team of Dino Bravo and Greg the Hammer Valentine picking up the win over the British Bulldogs after Dino Bravo kicking Davy Boy Smith in the chest 
while Smith had Valentine locked in the Boston Crab. And due to pre-match stipulations, the new Dream Team now earning themselves a tag team title shot here in just a little bit. But before we get to the finals, it's non-tournament action again. Ladies Tag Team Champions Kai and Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels because that's what I want to see in between eight tag team matches. It's another tag team match. Well booked, guys, as we're off to the finals of the tournament. And they've miraculously won three matches here tonight already, and it doesn't end there. The dream team of Valentine and Bravo scoring a win again over the tag team champion Hart Foundation on a disqualification after interference from Danny Davis. So we have to watch the dream team all night long, and then in the main event, we can't even get a pinfall finish here. And I don't know what was going on in Buffalo or what this was about, but the dream team, the new dream team, scoring more wins here in one night than they likely do the entire rest of the year. As we roll on, WWF in Springfield, Illinois at the Prairie Capital Convention Center on July the 20th in front of 3,500 fans. Going to see Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver in his corner over King Kong Bundy here. JYD picking up a DQ victory over the Intercontinental Champion, the Hockey Talk Man. And the Dog also going to win a 14-man battle royal in the main event of the show, last eliminating the one-man gang. Then from there, we head to Hershey, Pennsylvania and the Hershey Park Arena on July the 20th. 2,500 fans out to see another tag team title tournament. Please don't let the Dream Team win this one. We're going to take a look at some of the action here. Quarterfinal matches sees the Islanders defeat the team of Jim Brunzel and Coco Beware. The Bulldogs again over the Rougeau brothers. Oh no. The new Dream Team defeating Demolition on a DQ. I'm starting to see a pattern here. And Rick Martell and George Steele again defeating the team of Kamala and Sika in the quarterfinals. Let's hope the semis are a little different. Let's see here. It's the Bulldogs again over the Islanders. The Dream Team again defeating the team of Rick Martell and George Steele. Non-tournament match is going to see Kai and Martin successfully retain those ladies' tag team titles over the Bomb Angels. Also, Danny Davis again pinning the Birdman Coco Beware. And in the finals of the tournament, oh boy. The new Dream Team again defeating the British Bulldogs at reportedly the two-minute mark. Finish similar to the one we talked about prior. And then again, in the main event, it is the Dream Team. Boy, they're making up for all their losses in a hurry. Dream Team again over the Hart Foundation on a DQ. Again, Danny Davis interfering in that one. So the Dream Team picking up eight wins in two nights. Trying to keep Greg Valentine happy, I'm, I'd have to imagine. But we'll have more on that in the upcoming months. For now, we're off to Albuquerque, New Mexico and the Tingley Coliseum on July the 20th, 8,546 fans. It's Jose Estrada over Brady Boone. Boone subbing for Chavo Guerrero here. Also, Jerry Allen pinning Barry Horowitz. Rick Rude defeating Leaping Lanny Pafo. Outlaw Ron Bass over Cowboy Scott Casey. It's Powers and Roma, again defeating the team of Morocco and Orton. Well, at least it wasn't the Shadows. Also, Tito Santana downing the King Harley race here in Albuquerque. The magnificent Morocco, well, we saw him as a heel earlier on the card, losing to Powers and Roma. Now he's playing the babyface role, subbing for the injured Billy Jack Haynes. It's Morocco pinning the mighty Hercules. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan over the macho man Randy Savage. And we continue to look at all of these attendances here for these matches. And I defy anybody to tell me that Hulk Hogan wasn't drawing cards here. 15,000, 14,000 in the bigger arenas. Here in the medium-sized arenas, he's still nearly selling out, if not selling out, 8,000, 9,000 fans. And a lot of people are going to go, well, he was working the Macho Man, and I'm sure that helped things, but 
Hogan was doing it with Harley Race. He'll do it with Killer Khan. He'll do it with the one-man gang. Hogan was on fire right now. And again, this is coming from someone who did not grow up a Hulkamaniac. I was not a Hulk Hogan fan. And some people, they like to spout their opinions as facts, but the facts are the facts, guys. And Hulk Hogan, absolutely on fire. And remember, we go back to the news, Dave Meltzer reporting that Hogan was reportedly going to go off to Hollywood after WrestleMania three and miss the entire summer here. Well, that obviously wasn't meant to be. And really drawing in the crowds is the WWF champion. And you wonder why they didn't want to take the belt off of him. Well, I think enough said. Up next, WWF in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, at the Cambria County War Memorial on July the 21st. 1,239 fans out to see Nikolai Volkov over Omar Atlas here. Nikolai using a stomp off the middle turnbuckle to secure the win there over Omar Atlas. Also on the card, it's Jacques Rougeau pinning Dino Bravo. Rick Martel over Islander Tama. Killer Khan picking up a pinfall win over Terry Gibbs. Haku. Pinning Mario Mancini, no doubt Mancini stepping in for Tom Zenk there. But he's getting some extra work here up in the Northeast. Then from there, it's Greg the Hammer Valentine over Ray Rougeau and Bruno Sammartino making a special appearance here in Johnstown. Going to get the win in a 16-man battle royal, last eliminating Nikolai Volkov there. This Wednesday, July 22nd, promoter Jack Tunney presents another sensational card at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, all the action getting underway there at 8 p.m. You'll be seeing Leaping Lanny Papo going against Jose Estrada. Brady Boone will go against Barry Horowitz. Tag action has the magnificent Morocco along with Cowboy Ace Orton taking on Jim Powers and Paul Roma. Nikolai Volkov, the big Russian, goes against Tito Santana. Topping it off, handsome Harley Race will face Randy Macho Man Savage. Also, this coming Thursday, July 23rd, spectacular card also takes place in the Peterborough Memorial Center. You'll be seeing Steve Lombardi there going against the Dingo Warrior. The Wild Samoan Sika goes against Brad Ringens. Tag action is Sam Houston along with S.D. Jones facing the shadows. The Ugandan headhunter Kamala will go up against King Kong Bundy. Tag team titles are on the line. The Hart Foundation, the world champions, risk their titles against the British Bulldogs. And topping it off, the honky-tonk man will go against the JYD. Bobby the Brain Heenan, come on in, if you will. Next week's going to be a very busy week for you. Well, I've been... Wednesday and Thursday. I've been jobbed again by the president, Jack Tunney. He's done it again. When I negotiated for this match, the King Harley Race, this Wednesday night, against Randy Macho Man Savage, I was under the impression... This match was going to Madison Square Garden because like every, everybody that I know was bidding for this match. They were right. bidding for it at the Garden. They were talking about it. The L.A. Forum, every place was bidding for this match. But he put it in Kitchener on a Wednesday. Wednesday, this Wednesday in Kitchener, he's got that kind of a match there. Race against Savage. Well, you see, we're going to step all over you, Mr. Macho Man Savage, because I know the winner of this match is going to be really considered for a shot at the World Championship held by Hulk Hogan. So you bring Miss Elizabeth, a pretty lady like that. I don't know what she's doing with a piece of dog meat like you, but that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to be yesterday's news. Then the next day, Thursday, in Peterborough, Kamala against Bundy. Who's going to be able to control that match? No one I know. Fuji, Kimchi, Kamala, the, uh, King Kong Bundy. There's over a ton of human being in that ring. But no, is one man going to control? But see, I see what Jack Tunney's doing. He wants to get rid of Bundy, and he wants to get rid of Kamala. So he figures one man at 440, one man over 500 pounds, they'll pretty well destroy each other. 
Mr. Kamala, you're going to be back in Uganda chucking spears, or you're going to be hitting that dinner bell again. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're not going to walk over King Kong Bundy, because King Kong Bundy is a member of the Bobby Heenan family. He's made a reputation in the world of professional wrestling. And if you think you're just going to come in there and intimidate him and throw him around, uh-uh. Okay, Mr. Tiny, that's the way you want it. This Wednesday, race against Savage, which should be in Madison Square Garden, but fine. You want to hear in Kitchener this Wednesday? Fine, we'll accommodate you. Savage, you'll never leave Kitchener. Then we're just going to go right on, keep going through Ontario here, and see Mr. Kamala. <clears throat> and Mr. Kamala, you better know where there's a fast food restaurant in Uganda, and you better take kimchi with you and Mr. Fuji, because that's where you're going to be hanging out from now on. And you better get that ring reinforced. You better get somebody that can control Bundy and Kamala, because I don't want my property, my man, my investment hurt. It's going to be a busy Wednesday and Thursday. You show up too, Mr. Tunney, and you've disappointed a lot of people in New York City. That's this Wednesday in the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, and this coming Thursday at the Peterborough Memorial Center. We'll see you then. Up next, July 22nd, Kitchener, Ontario, at the Memorial Coliseum, 2,650 fans. It's Barry Horowitz over Brady Boone. Leaping Lanny Poffo, defeating Jose Estrada. Morocco and Orton still teaming up. Picking up a win here over Jimmy Powers and Johnny K-9 when Morocco pinned K-9. But after the bout, Morocco and Orton arguing over who scored the pin. Also on the card in Kitchener, it's Tito Santana pinning Nikolai Volkov. The magnificent Morocco, double duty again, playing the babyface role now. Subbing again for the injured Billy Jack Haynes. Morocco going to score the pinfall over the mighty Hercules. And in the main event... Macho Man Randy Savage picking up the win over the King Harley Race in a battle of the heels. Up next, we invade Sheik's old territory, big time wrestling up in Detroit, Michigan at the Joe Louis Arena on July the 24th, drawing about 3,000 fans. The Shadows picking up a rare win here over the team of Special Delivery Jones and Lanny Poffo, Tito Santana over Nikolai Volkov. It's the one-man gang defeating Brady Boone, Ken Patera over the mighty Hercules, Jump and Jim Brunzel. Once again, teaming with the Birdman Coco Beware here, picking up a DQ victory over Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation. It's Outlaw Ron Bass over Tiger Chung Lee. Ladies Tag Champions Kai and Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels. And George the Animal Steel picking up a countout win here over Dangerous Danny Davis. Not really a headliner match here anywhere on the card. You could argue maybe the Hearts and the Bees after the Bees scoring that nine-title win on a recent episode of Superstars. But remember, Brian Blair is suspended, so it's Brunzel and Beware instead. Just overall, a pretty weak card there in Detroit. And we're just a few months removed from WrestleMania 3. Then the WWF back in Houston for the second time here. They didn't learn anything last time, it would appear, but they do draw a little better. 2,704 fans this time around to see Scott Casey over Iron Mike Sharp. It's Roma and Powers over the team of Morocco and Orton. The Dingo Warrior here. Remember, Dingo Warrior coming from the Dallas promotion. Dingo Warrior over Barry Horowitz. Hillbilly Jim defeating the natural Butch Reed. And you guys said he was supposed to be IC champion, huh? Demolition also securing a win over the British Bulldogs. And then from there, listen to this. Sensational Sherry Martell arrives in the WWF making her debut and pinning the WWF women's champion, the fabulous Moolah. Yes, here it is, July the 24th, 1987, Sherry Martell, the new WWF Women's Champion after blocking an attempted body slam by the Fabulous One and reversing it into a small cradle. And Mula going batshit crazy after the match, attacking referee Joey Morella when it's Sherry Martell with the title belt, clocking Mula, sending her out of the ring. If you guys want to catch this match, it's actually on one of the old Coliseum videos. 
Best of the WWF Volume 15. But upon her arrival here in the World Wrestling Federation, at least for the short term, Sherry Martell used as the babyface to take the title over the aging moolah. And it's really interesting here because this is absolutely a WWF call. And I don't know when they did it, but at some point they bought the rights of that title, the championship from moolah, so that they could give the belt to who they wanted to. And I don't know if it goes back to Wendy Richter, if they did it here closer, or if they did it here in 87, because moolah pops back up around WrestleMania 3, and she'll stay here through the remainder of the year. But it's really interesting because Mula hasn't been really wrestling a lot of her camp, all of the ladies that traveled with her troop and trained underneath Mula. Instead, it's been a lot of Debbie Combs. And here's Sherry Martell, who technically was trained under the Mula camp, but left it many years ago. And most recently, Sherry had been working in the AWA for Vern Gagne, not just as a wrestler, but also as the manager of the tag team champions there at one point, Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers, and they had a hell of a feud going on with the Midnight Rockers at one point as well. But Sherry Martell has arrived here in the WWF, and it's going to take some time for them to learn how to use Sherry properly. It's going to take a couple years, just about. But make no mistake about it, the sensational Sherry now here in the WWF. Also on the card here in Houston, the Junkyard Dog battling the King Harley race to a time limit draw. I don't know about that one. And in the main event, it was the Macho Man, Randy Savage, defeating Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, on a disqualification. Mr. T, the guest referee for this one. And it was Mr. T who had stare-downs with both Honky Tonk and the Macho Man on recent episodes of WWF TV. So very interesting there. T playing the special enforcer referee for the Honky Tonk Man and Randy Savage in another battle of the heels. There's another match I'd like to see make the light of day. And the action, it just doesn't stop at least not for a few more days here in the month of July, the WWF off to Bristol, Tennessee in Viking Hall in front of nearly 4,000 fans and a sellout crowd all came out to see the Dingo Warrior over Barry Horowitz, the one-man gang defeating Sam Houston, its demolition over the Rougeau brothers, Powers and Roma back to defeating the Shadows here. It's also reported Tony Gurria versus Frenchie Martin on the card. Okay. And another match scheduled to take place, we were slated to see Billy Jack Haynes go one-on-one with the natural Butch Reed but Butch Reed in and out a lot lately, and, and he's not here for this show. So instead, the natural replaced by Mr. Fuji. And then on the other side of the ring, Billy Jack Haynes out with an injury. I don't even have a result for who he was replaced by. You have to imagine they got the win here over Mr. Fuji, but an entire match scrapped. Billy Jack Haynes versus Butch Reed turns into Mr. Fuji versus someone. And you guys are listening to this card. You're wondering how the hell did they sell out a 4,000 seat building with this type of a card? Well, look no further, and it's kind of odd that they're working this show, but in the main event, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan over the macho man Randy Savage. So that explains that. Also here on July the 25th, Baltimore, Maryland at the Baltimore Arena. 4,197 fans. It's Steve Lombardi over Jose Estrada, Lanny Poffo defeating Iron Mike Sharp, Jim Brunzel teaming with the Junkyard Dog here, defeating the team of Kamala and Sika. It's the Magnificent Morocco going over on former partner, well, sometimes still partner, Cowboy Bob Orton, women's tag team champions again, Martin and Kai over the jumping bomb angels, George the Animal Steel defeating dangerous Danny Davis, and Ken Patera pinning Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Bobby Heenan in his corner, in a whipping match. When the finish saw Bobby Heenan accidentally nailing Mr. Wonderful, and then special enforcer referee, outside referee for this matchup, Mr. T, making the count, making the pinfall there, after the original referee had been knocked out. And post-match, after Heenan accidentally costing Orndorff the matchup, 
Mr. Wonderful leaving his manager ringside. So you have to imagine Bobby Heenan getting the 10 lashes there from Kim Patera and Mr. T was going to make sure of that. So, so the seeds are planted here in Baltimore for a potential split between Paul Orndorff and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Up next, July the 25th, in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, New York City, New York, in front of 18,100 fans. Now that's a gate. Televised on the MSG network, includes Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. And the results, they look like this. It's Dino Bravo with manager luscious Johnny Venus corner, scoring a win over Brady Boone. Boone subbing for the now-departed Corporal Kirchner. So it's Bravo picking up a win over Brady Boone with his patented side suplex. Match goes about 11 minutes. Also on the card, remember it was supposed to be the Can-Am Connection taking on the Islanders? Well, with Tom Zink gone, it winds up being one-on-one here. Rick Martell scoring a pinfall over Tama of the Islanders. Haku in his corner. Match goes about 20 minutes. Again, Tama coming off that top rope with a high cross body, but Martell using the momentum, rolling over on top and picking up the win in a fun little match. Also here in the garden, the natural Butch Reed pinning Hillbilly Jim with a flying clothesline and hooking Hillbilly's overalls for added leverage during the cover. Up next on the card, it was slated to see the Honky Tonk Man, IC champion HTM, defend his title against Jake the Snake Roberts. But with Roberts out on suspension, he's replaced by the former Intercontinental Champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Remember, he took a hiatus due to the birth of his son? Well, Steamer asked to come in and fill in here for a high-profile IC title match here at MSG. Vince's not going to settle for just anyone. And Steamboat, he has no problem making the return here. But before we get to the outcome, I've got some pre-recorded comments from the new Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. He's going to discuss his upcoming match against someone. All right, we are going to be back in Midtown Manhattan, Madison Square Garden, Saturday night, July the 25th. What a phenomenal card. And remember now, this is a Saturday night, all family night. Brutus the Barber Beefcake will be going against Greg the Hammer Valentine. The San Francisco Clipper, that's what I call Beefcake, is going to be back. Good gravy. That'll drive you nuts after a while. Can-Am Connection to meet the Islanders. Tito Santana squares, squares off against Nikolai Volkov. Jimmy Hart, you little squirrel, come on in. Welcome you're back. You are jealous of the honky tonk man singing. You're jealous of his playing. You're jealous because I'm the manager of the Hart Foundation, the world champions, and the manager of the Intercontinental Champion. And here he is. By the way, the Hearts have a title defense on that night, the 25th of July, against the Bulldogs. And you, honky tonk man, you've got to face the music. Jake the Snake Roberts. Let's say the honky tonk man's going to play the music. Uh, and I'm going to play it for Gotham. You always talking about Gotham. That's the home of Batman and Robin. Right or wrong? That's, uh... That's a honky-tonk man second home. When I walk in Manhattan and I'm looking for a fight, you know I have not. After all this time, when I walk the streets of New York City, the honky-tonk man said, I'm looking for a fight. I hadn't been able to find one. I don't think there's anybody tough around there. I don't think there's anybody bad. Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts, <laughs> I think you're going to have your I hands proved, full. I proved a long time ago that Jake the Snake Roberts wasn't so tough. I played the number one hit tune for Jake the Snake Roberts. He hadn't been the same since then. And I don't think he'll be the same Saturday night. See, Saturday night, July the 25th at Madison Square Garden, that's a honky-tonk man's night out. That's when I like to get on the streets. That's when I like to shake, rattle, and roll. And I think Jake the Snake Roberts is going to feel it for the one, the only, and the last time. I'm going to play my song for you, New York City. You my kind of people. I love you. I saw you down in the village last week. Thank you very much. Honky-tonk man to be in a garden on July the 25th. 
All right, a couple of the big title bouts tonight in Madison Square Garden, even now at the 11th hour as we talk. Plenty of great seats available for the 8 o'clock start tonight. Jimmy Hart, come on in. Hart Foundation <laughs> to meet the British Bulldogs. Plus, the Intercontinental Champion of the World, the Hockey Talk Man, is going to have to face the music. No pun in intended, gentlemen. You're going to be facing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat tonight, Honky Tonk. Let me give him just a little bit, a little warm up. Play it, baby. That's what they're going to hear tonight. That's what Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's going to hear. I'm glad, I'm glad Ricky the Dragon decided to come out of hiding. I'm glad that that little dragon's out of the oven for the honky-tonk man to see. Because the first thing the little dragon's going to see, he's going to see his daddy getting beat right in the middle of the ring in Madison Square Garden. The biggest mecca of wrestling in the world. Madison Square Garden. That's where the honky-tonk man likes to strut and stroll. And tonight, you know, Saturday night, that's the honky-tonk man's night out. Your kind uh, of night. That's my kind of yeah, night. Hey, Midtown Manhattan's my kind of place. They got all kind of freaks walking the street down in the honky tonk man blends right in with them. That's you see, true. I look like one of them because I am one. They're my people walking around there. They know what it's all about. They know what a fight's all about. See, when the honky tonk man's looking for a fight in Manhattan, I think I can find one, but I won't find one with Rickety Dragon. Talk to me. What, what do you consider yourself a goofball? Is that what you're saying? I never said that. What? Hey, no, you just said talk about the Intercontinental in. Heavyweight Championship of the world tonight at Madison Square Garden. You watch the dragon go down, and he'll see his We're daddy crying. Find out. MSG tonight at 8. Don't miss it. All right, so as I said, it was Honky scheduled to take on Jake Roberts here. It winds up being the former champion, the man that Honky defeated for the title, Ricky Stimo, getting his return match here. And of all places, but Madison Square Garden couldn't think of a better place. And it is Steamboat scoring the win over the Honky Talk. Man, Jimmy Hart also ringside for this one, albeit on a countout. Honky taking the cheap way out. Steamboat and Honky wind up on the outside of the ring. Steamer trying to roll Honky back in, but Honky intentionally holding onto the ring apron purposely being counted out to retain the title. A cowardly honky-tonk man. But it doesn't end there. We have more on the story as we head backstage. Gorilla Monsoon standing by with both sides. First, we're going to hear from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who isn't happy with how that match played out. Then from there, we're also going to hear from the still IC champion, the honky-tonk man. We have just witnessed a most unusual, most tremendous intercontinental title match between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and, of course, the Honky Tonk Man. And the fans were just excited beyond belief here in the garden. Oh, Unfortunately... Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait one second. I'm going to go out there in just a few seconds and make a public announcement. I'm going to make a statement directed to you, Honky Tonk Man, the new intercontinental heavyweight champion. Everybody here at Madison Square Garden, the mecca of professional wrestling, saw you deliberately held on to the outside of the ring. Blatantly. Blatantly held on to the outside of the ring so that you, my friend, my fearless friend, would get yourself counted out so that you could get up here one more time and tell everybody that you defeated me and you are still the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. Everybody in here in New York City saw that wasn't so. You are not a champion. Everybody knows, Gino, you know the champions that have held that championship. They know that every single one of them has stood in there and fight, including Randy Savage. Now, that's the man. And that's the champion. I'm sure, Ricky. You know something, Gino? I had all intentions to come into Madison Square Garden as the, as the heavyweight champion. The intercontinental heavyweight champion. Just to be spoiled by a man that's got a pencil neck. Just to be spoiled by a man that goes out there, does a honky-tonk dance in front of everybody. But you know something? You couldn't hold my jock. I'm going to issue a challenge to you, my friend, right here in public, and let's see what you do about it now, funny boy. Dragon, let me let me say this about about the match, Ricky. I'm sure there's no question in my mind that before they went out there, the Colonel, the Mouth of the South, 
Put it to the honky-tonk man saying, if at any time in the match you feel the title is in jeopardy, get out any way you can. Hey, there's no question about it. You look at all the champions that this, this mouth of the South, the Colonel, has had. And you look at all the records that show. And you look at what happens, the outcomes of most of the matches. I count out. Just to hold on to their championship. Just to hold on one more time, weekend and weekend out, and tell everybody out there that you are the champion. No, 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 no. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to issue that challenge to you. I'm going to do it right here, public, in just a few minutes. There's no way that you're going to be able to back out. You haven't got time to get on the phone and call your superiors. There's no way. I'll see you next time here at the garden. Maybe some stipulations can be made, in fact, where Ricky the Dragon Steamboat can get a return for the Intercontinental title match, something where whoever wins is the champion. We'll be right back after this commercial message. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat has been out of shape as he is right here tonight in Madison Square Garden, even the night that he lost the Intercontinental Championship. He wasn't upset. Wait a minute, bro. Oh, oh, oh. Steamboat, you're the biggest crybaby. We want equal time, I'm telling you now. He is the biggest crybaby I've ever seen in my life. The honky talk man. Did this man cry about him using kung fu, karate, or jujitsu? No, because he's the champ, baby. He is the champ, right, honky baby? Give me that 15 pounds of gold, Jimmy. Demanded going public. Let the honky talk man tell you about public. We want equal time just like the dragon because I am the intercontinental heavyweight champion of the world. I am the best in my class, baby. Baby, not you. You, you certainly didn't yes, prove it out I there tonight. I proved it every time. I beat him once on national TV in the middle of the ring, and I beat him again tonight. I'm the winner. I don't care how you cut it. A win is a win, right or wrong. Let me let me explain this to you. I'm sure that before this evening is over here at Madison Square Garden, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is going to walk right out there in Madison Square Garden in the center of that ring and issue another challenge to you. Big deal. So what? You think I can accept it? You think I'm going to? I don't have to because you I'm don't the have champion. A he got one shot. He got one and one only shot, and that's the only one he's going to get. He don't deserve it because he's no good. He's a beaten man, Gorilla, and you know it. All of my friends, all of my fans over here in Midtown Manhattan who supported me through thick and thin. They want me to be Supported their champion. You. Yes, sir. Yes. They were behind me 22,000 of the night. Screaming it. freaks from Manhattan on 8th Avenue. They love deny, the honky talk man. Can, can you deny? I wish I could roll some footage here and show you. I wish you could. Exactly well, why don't you? How don't you talk hung, about it, do it. How you hung on to the ring apron, to the steel supporting the ring to save yourself. I didn't save anything but this 15 pounds of gold, the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion of the World, and I will do anything, anything to keep it. I don't care what it is. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for all your support. I love you. Steamboat is the one that ran from him. You know it, I know it, and the people know it. He is the people's champion. He is the champion, and he'll always be yeah. the champion. Let's go. What a fountain of misinformation. I'm sure that before this is over, we haven't seen the last of this confrontation between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the reigning Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. Some dues are going to have to be paid. We'll be right back after this commercial word. All right, and so the Dragon looking to challenge the Honky Tonk Man to a rematch after what went down out there. And then on the other end, Honky Tonk Man saying that Steamboat doesn't deserve another rematch. He already beat him for the belt, and the Dragon couldn't get it done here tonight at MSG. As the action rolls on here at the Garden, up next, Tito Santana scheduled to take on the Russian Nikolai Volkov. But before we get to the match, we have words here. Gorilla Monsoon standing by with Tito Santana. Gorilla Monsoon here in the locker room area, Madison Square Garden with Tito Santana. Obviously, in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of folks, one of the greatest athletes to ever come into the World Wrestling Federation, Tito. Well, thank you very much, Gino. It means a lot to me coming from you, especially. Well, you know, with your background, your professional football, and the, I understand you could have went into a number 
of professional sports, and luckily for everyone, you chose the world of professional wrestling. You're exactly right. Uh, I tried uh, football for a couple of years, and, uh, you know, the one-on-one contact, you know, means a lot. You know, that's what made made me change my mind. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be one-on-one tonight here in the garden because you won't have to worry about the slickster. The doctor's style will not be at ringside, and that in itself is a plus for you. That in itself, you know, got me going into the ring with nothing but positive thoughts, Gino. You know, Slick goes back to WrestleMania 3 when I tore off that cheap tuxedo he was wearing. He's making claims that before it's all over, one of his men will put me out of professional wrestling. Now he says, nobody else has been able to do it yet. Now he says, Nikolai Volkov, right here in Madison Square Garden, is going to be the man. You're not here, Slick. I guarantee you one thing, it's going to be a tough match, Gino, because the man is big. He's one of the Russia's greatest athletes. But I guarantee you, in front of my own crowd... Nikolai Volkov, you're in for one hell of a fight, my man. Well, Nikolai, I've had some battles with him over the years. You know, he is a tough customer, but you, with, with your kind of style, I can't see any way that you're not going to get your hand raised in a token of victory here in the garden. All that and a whole lot more coming at you Arriba. in just a moment. All right, and it might have been the golden touch of Gorilla Monsoon because it is Tito Santana picking up the win here over Nikolai Volkov with the flying forearm. But after the bout... It's the outlaw Ron Bass showing up ringside, attacking Tito Santana, whipping him with Miss Betsy, and choking him out. Until Outback Jack finally out to make the save, leading straight into the next matchup scheduled here on the card. And it is the outlaw Ron Bass pinning Outback Jack in just about six minutes' time using that pedigree-type maneuver there. So Tito picking up a win over Volkov, leading into a beatdown from outlaw Ron Bass on Santana, and then outlaw goes into a matchup, scoring a win over Outback Jack, so both Tito and Bass picking up wins here tonight, and they tell a little story, as I presume we're going to come back to the Garden next month with a match between Tito Santana and Outlaw Ron Bass. And speaking of return matches, Ricky Steamboat comes back to ringside and announces that he has been granted a rematch versus the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, after what transpired earlier here tonight, and this time, it will indeed be a Lumberjack match. This time, Honky Tonk Man will have to wrestle Steamboat in the ring. He won't be able to run away in the rematch. Right high again, New York City, back at Madison Square Garden, Saturday night. Remember, Saturday night, July the 25th. Phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. Brutus, the Barber Beefcake, back in the Big Apple on the 25th to go against your former tag team partner, now bitter enemy, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, that's right. But this time, when I step into the ring... I will no longer be Brutus Beefcake. All of a sudden, he changes into... Ta-da! I will now become the barber! An individual so mean and nasty! Have the likes of which you've never seen. That Greg Valentine, this will not be a dream. This will be a nightmare. The people of New York City, as they chip... Barber! 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 There's not a man alive can hold me down for a three count. I will become invincible, Greg Valentine. Come, put the figure four on. Put it on. Try to break my leg. You can't do it. All right, I thank you. Any chance of a possible little uh, a hair design? That could happen. Madison Square Gardens. Also in the garden, it's Brutus Beefcake over former partner Greg the Hammer Valentine on a disqualification after interference from Dino Bravo. Post-match, the new Dream Team beating down Beefer and trying to cut his hair, but the British Bulldogs out to make the save there. 
And then Ravishing Rick Rude going to make his MSG debut here with a submission win over Jerry Allen using that over-the-shoulder backbreaker maneuver. I wish he had stuck with that slingshot suplex. All right, Madison Square Garden tonight, 8 o'clock start. Tremendous, tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. Minor change here from the Can-Am Connection, Rick Martell tonight to meet Tama from the Islanders. Also tonight, the Honky Talk Man, the Intercontinental Champ with a title defense in Madison Square Garden against Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat. Brutus Beefcake to meet Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Tag team champions tonight here in New York at Madison Square Garden, the British Bulldogs one more time, and yes, the world titles will be on the line. I imagine that Matilda will be slobbering more than normal tonight. All that white foam around Matilda's mouth. You ever seen a dog when it gets real greedy? Like a dog when it's scurrying around a garbage can late at night with a pack of dogs, they're all, ah, ah, they're all fighting for the dirty garbage at night. That's the way Matilda is, because this is obviously the Bulldog's last chance for a title bout. Do you, do you agree with that, Brett, the hitman heart? Yeah, I do, Gene. You know, there's a lot of things that go with uh, being world champion. There's the money, of course, right? Mm-hmm. There's the glamour. There's the girls. There's everything that goes Girl, with girls? it. Girls? Sure, there's girls. You know, you've been to the foundation building, correcto, <laughs> correcto. Uh, uh, Okay. There's a lot of things that go with being world heavyweight tag team champions, but there's something else that goes with being the world heavyweight tag team champions. There's a thing called pride. Me and the Anvil, we take great pride knowing that we are the best in the world. And we have absolutely no qualms about stepping into the ring with the British Bulldogs and settling this thing once and for all because we feel, and we always have felt, that we're the very best in the world, Gene. Thank you, Hitman. We're going to finish it. We'll Finish it, Matilda. There'll be no more veterinarian bills from Matilda. <laughs> Bring your dog. That'll be it. Bring, you know, your, bring you the know dog. Something. Get it out of the trash. That, that, that Matilda may fit in as a receptionist at the Hart Foundation. No Stay, way. We're going to be right back. Here we're going to see tag team champions the Hart Foundation defeat the British Bulldogs in the main event. Bret Hart pinning Davy Boy Smith after Davy Boy going to suplex the hitman from the apron back into the ring. But Jim Neidhart sweeping out the legs from Davy Boy. Bret Hart landing on top and stealing the win there. For the tag team champions. A hell of a fun night here in Madison Square Garden as we move on to Wichita, Kansas at the Kansas Coliseum, July the 26th in front of 8,000 fans. It's our debut here in Wichita. If you're wondering how we drew the 8,000 fans, well, on the undercard, it's the Dingo Warrior. No, I'm not saying he sold the card, but I found it interesting that the Ultimate Warrior on the same card as this main event of WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the macho man Randy Savage. So, Hogan and Savage sell out the debut WWF event there in Wichita. And we're going to keep on rolling on as the WWF heads to New Haven, Connecticut in the Coliseum July the 26th. 2,859 fans featuring an appearance by Mr. T. Also on the card, it's Outback Jack over Jose Estrada. Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Jerry Allen. Ravishing Rick Rude pinning Omar Atlas. Ladies Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over the Jumping Bomb Angels. George the Animal Steel again defeating Dangerous Danny Davis. Demolition Axe and Smash scoring a win over the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. And in the main event, it's Ken Patera defeating Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So Orndorff back on the road and doing a few jobs here for Ken Patera. As we head back out west for the second time in the month of July, it's the WWF back in Los Angeles, California at the Sports Arena on July the 26th. This time in front of 5,000 fans going to see Brady Boone over Barry Horowitz, the natural butchery defeating Steve Gatorwolf in 30 seconds. And that match going to lead to Tito Santana 
stepping into the ring with the natural Butch Reed. Santana picking up a win now, defeating the natural here in L.A. Also on the card, well, I said it couldn't get any worse than George Steele. Maybe I was wrong. It's jumping Jim Brunzel, now teaming with Hillbilly Jim here at the sports arena. It's Brunzel and Hillbilly Jim defeating tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, on a disqualification. Also on the card, Cowboy Scott Casey defeating Iron Mike Sharp. Roma and Powers once again over the shadows. And in the main event, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat over the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, on a disqualification. So Steamboat coming back to make some of the big towns. New York, Los Angeles, enough said there. As we roll on, the WWF back in Allentown, Pennsylvania at the old Agricultural Hall, old Ag Hall, on July the 27th in front of 1,700 fans to witness Omar Atlas over Frenchie Martin, Outback Jack defeating Jose Estrada, Outlaw Ron Bass over Jerry Allen, Superstar Billy Graham back in the ring, defeating the Magnificent Morocco of all people. Very interesting there, Graham over Morocco, given that we know what's going to happen here coming into the fall. Also, Birdman Coco Beware defeats Nikolai Volkov, the British Bulldogs over Demolition on a disqualification. And we're going to get that same card the following day, July the 28th, in Wildwood, New Jersey at the Convention Hall. Just a slight change, adding Jose Estrada over Mario Mancini to the card rather than the Outback Jack Estrada match that we got there in Allentown. As we roll on, back-to-back nights sees the same results here as the WWF heads back down to Arizona in Phoenix at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum on July the 27th and in Tucson, Arizona at the Community Center on July the 28th. The same card both nights. It's Powers and Roma over the shadows. Brady Boone defeating Barry Horowitz. Cowboy Scott Casey downs Iron Mike Sharp. Tito Santana battling the King Harley Race to a time limit draw. It's the natural Butch Reed over Steve Gatorwolf. Gatorwolf again subbing for the injured Billy Jack Haynes there. IC champion, the Honky Tonk Man, defeats the Macho Man Randy Savage on a DQ. And in the main event this time around, it's tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, defeating the team of Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and Hillbilly Jim. So a couple of title matches there in Arizona, the IC title and tag titles both on the line. As we get down to the nitty-gritty here, going to move on to July the 29th, nearing the end of the month now, the WWF in Sacramento, California at the Arco Arena. Going to see Brady Boone over Barry Horowitz, Butch Reed continuing to defeat Steve Gatorwolf. And if you were a huge Billy Jack Haynes fan or a huge Butch Reed fan back in the day, you're really upset here because they plugged Steve Gatorwolf in as the substitution on these cards for Billy Jack Haynes. But nevertheless, it's Butch Reed over Gatorwolf again, probably in short fashion, Roma and Power still stuck, working the shadows almost every night. And again, it's Roma and Powers going over on those shadows. King Harley Race defeating Tito Santana this time around. Jim Brunzel continuing to team with Hillbilly Jim here, defeating the Tag Team Champions Heart Foundation on a disqualification yet again. And speaking of DQs, it's also the Macho Man Randy Savage subbing for the suspended Jake the Snake Roberts. Savage going over on IC Champion Honky Tonk Man once again on a disqualification as well. Let's get some finishes here. WWF. As we continue on, a couple more cards here on July the 29th. First, in Huntsville, Alabama at the Von Braun Civic Center. Steve Lombardi over Sam Houston. Yikes. Killer Khan defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo. It's the Bomb Angels over Ladies Tag Team Champions Martin and Kai on a countout. Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine by DQ. George the Animal Steel over Dangerous Danny Davis on a countout. And in the final match of the night, it was Kamala and Sika defeating the Fabulous Rujos. So Kamal and Sika finally scoring a win here. Doesn't sound good for the Rougeau brothers. Also on July the 29th, Asbury Park, New Jersey at the Convention Hall. 
Originally scheduled for the card, Pedro Morales versus Tiger Chung Lee, the match is canceled. And I'm sure the fans in attendance were thankful for that. Instead, they got Omar Atlas over Jose Estrada, Outback Jack defeating Frenchie Martin, Outlaw Ron Bass over Jerry Allen, Coco Beware continuing to go over on Nikolai Volkov, superstar Billy Graham back in the ring again here over the magnificent Morocco, and in the main event, it's the British Bulldogs defeating Axe and Smash of Demolition. As we jump ahead, July the 30th and the 31st, going to see the same card both nights, first in Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma Dome, back in Tacoma already on July the 30th, and also Las Vegas, Nevada at the Thomas and Mack Center on July the 31st. Identical cards, going to see Brady Boone over Barry Horowitz, Tito Santana battling the King Harley race to a time limit draw. It's reported as a 20-minute draw. Match goes about 18 minutes here, but who's counting? Natural Butch Reed again over Steve Gatorwolf. It's a night off every night here for the Natural. Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation over Jumping Jim Brunzel and Hillbilly Jim when Brunzel was pinned. So we get a pinfall here in this one. Also on the card, it's Scott Casey over Iron Mike Sharp. Powers and Roma over the Shadows. That's Randy Colley and Jose Luis Rivera, as usual. And in the main event, the IC champion Honky Tonk Man defeating the Macho Man Randy Savage on a disqualification after Savage nails the referee. As we close out the month of July, a couple more cards here on July the 31st. First, in West Palm Beach, Florida at the Auditorium, 4,069 fans out to see Ravishing Rick Rude defeat Jim Young. Steve Lombardi over Sam Houston, the outlaw Ron Bass defeating Lanny Poffo. Ladies Tag Team Champions Martin and Kai over the Jumping Bomb Angels. Sadly, the Angels will be on their way out after August the 2nd. Remember, their tour is coming to a conclusion, but we'll see them back here before the end of the year. Also, in West Palm, Kamala and Sika over the Rougeau brothers yet again. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating Greg Valentine on a disqualification. And in the main event of the card, George the Animal Steel over Dangerous Danny Davis in a Lumberjack match. And I am extremely shocked. It's really hard to draw down there in Florida, maybe unless you're Eddie Graham. Especially in the summer, people have a lot more things to do, and they draw over 4,000 fans out here to see George Steele and Danny Davis in the main event. I guess the fans must have been craving their WWF, as we have one card left here in Landover, Maryland at the old Cap Center on July the 31st. Going to see Jerry Allen over Jose Estrada, Outback Jack defeating Frenchie Martin, Coco Beware downing Nikolai Volkov, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff battling the magnificent Morocco to a double disqualification rematch from Wrestlemania 2. Again, a no contest. Also on the card, it's Demolition over the British Bulldogs and Kim Patera teaming with the superstar Billy Graham defeating the team of King Kong Bundy and the Mighty Hercules. That was interesting. And in the main event, Killer Khan scoring a victory over the WWF champion Hulk Hogan on a count out, no doubt, the plan to bring this match back. Khan spewing that evil green vile mist into the eyes of the champion here, Hogan taking a bump out to the floor, unable to get back in the ring in time, couldn't beat the count, Killer Khan going to steal the win, post-match the Bulldogs back out to help the champion to the backstage area. Hogan, of course, selling the miss, clutching at his eyes there, and we will get a return match here, I would have to think, in Landover, we're going to have to keep an eye on that. So, very interesting, Killer Khan defeating the WWF champion Hulk Hogan, albeit on a countout, I didn't see that coming, but it all makes sense if you're going to try to do a two-match story here on some of the house shows. And that's going to wrap things up this week here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. We looked at all of the July news and all of the house show results here. 
in the month of July of 1987 as well. Lots of things going on. Many new things put in motion. We saw Orton and Morocco beginning to split up here on some of the house shows. In some towns, there's still a team, and in others, they're feuding already. Looks like superstar Billy Graham back in the ring by the end of July as well. Randy Savage going at it with several heels here throughout the month of July. We saw him with the natural Butch Reed, King Harley Race, and of course the Honky Tonk Man. The new Dream Team barely team up at all, but when they do, they win entire tournaments and then defeat the tag team champions on a technicality. So just really odd booking of the new Dream Team as well here in the summer of 87. So lots of things going on, but next time we're going to be back, guys, as we dive into July 87 WWF TV starting with the 4th of July edition of the Superstars of Wrestling. And just some of the topics on next week's show, we will see the Million Dollar Man. He's going to take over a public swimming pool. Plus, Killer Khan faces Outback Jack in the rematch we never knew we wanted. The hype for Bam Bam Bigelow will begin. The natural butchery also taking issue with the returning superstar Billy Graham. Brutus the Barber Beefcake going to cut a few locks off the head of the hammer. Greg Valentine... Dangerous Danny Davis. Apparently, he has a gripe with the newest appointed WWF official, Mr. T. Plus, Jesse the Body Ventura, no doubt, going to continue to gloat about the success of the Predator movie out right now at a theater near you. And the WWF also going to begin burning off the final few matches of the Can-Am Connection from recent TV tapings. All of that and more and sound bites galore coming to you next week here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Revagel, soft, chewable, and acid is effective, good tasting, and not chalky. Revagel, it tastes as good as it works. And another big thank you to all of the loyal listeners of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Whether you listen to the Grenade, Regional Wrestling, Monday Warfare, or all of the above, I appreciate all of you so very much. And for those interested as to what's going on at all times on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, please follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like us at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Again, guys, it's not just about the WrestleCopia Podcast Network there on social media. I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. You really will enjoy my social media accounts. And speaking of videos... Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. Something like 470 videos and counting there on my YouTube channel. So subscribe now as you never know what I'm going to drop on there next. And last but certainly not least, guys, if you have a couple bucks burning a hole in your Venmo or your PayPal or whatever the case may be, if you're looking for that next podcast to support, well, look no further. I can really use your money. I'm not going to lie to anybody. This is all out of pocket. That's why there's no commercials here on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. It's our patrons that help fund the continuation of these projects here on the WrestleCopia brand. So if you guys can think about it, please show your support and donate to that $5 all-access tier over at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again is patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Now there are multiple tiers you guys can choose from, but I only ask you guys to give it a try at that $5 all-access tier. Get you all sorts of gifts for just $5. All of my insanely detailed pages and pages of show notes here for the Grenade, Monday Warfare, and the Regional Wrestling Podcast. Early access to many of the podcasts here on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Remastered versions of the earliest episodes of the Grenade Show featuring the NWA in 89, 
It's not just enhanced sound quality, but lots of new content and conversation that was originally edited out of the initial broadcast is edited right back into the show for the very first time. I believe something like 22 minutes of extra conversation was added back into, I think it was episode two of The Grenade. That's a lot of new conversation to be listened to. And it doesn't in there. You'll also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. Never get a complaint from the digital downloads that I drop. Lots of great stuff going all the way back to the 1950s, all the way into the 1990s. There's also bonus video drops from time to time. You never know what I'm going to drop there for you to watch. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, clashes, Saturday night's main events, Coliseum videos, so much more there. All of that for just $5, guys. So what are you waiting for? Give it a try. I think you're going to love the content that I offer. And every penny of it goes right back into paying the bills right here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, if you have the money to spare, think about supporting the WrestleCopia brand. And of course, should you do so, there's no subscription. You can cancel any time. Just another incentive to give it a try. And the summer is really beginning to heat up here in 1987. We've already begun to dive into July. And we're going to continue on with the month of July here next week as we start taking a look at more TV here in the World Wrestling Federation. Rick Rude now here. The Million Dollar Man vignettes have begun. We're about to see the buildup of the debut of Bam Bam Bigelow and so much more on the way here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade over the next couple of weeks. So until next time, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be Macho Man Randy Savage, soar like an eagle, if you will. I'll be waiting for you, man. The body of a god, the mind of a demon. I'm going to prove you're nothing but old news, man. Oh, yeah, you're the number one contender, but you're going to be the next number one contender that lays at the Hulkster's feet.